here around me to okay. tell me how they found me. So I'm going to try I have very... no memory. What's my name? What's my name? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try very hard to uh, not eat the microphone this episode. It's, it's no, you know, you're right about where you need to be. Well, yeah, but I'm usually like right here. Yeah. Oh, like, like right here. Look at my three dudes hit me with your fucking podcast. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe not. Oh, yeah, three <laughs> dudes. Let's not, though. Hey, three, oh, three dudes, not in my hair. Uh, I just realized we don't have our notebooks, Andy. Oh, shit. Oh, no, we're yeah, gonna we need gotta, those. We need our we need Oh, our what? That was, uh, I, was, I mean, I, was, I didn't really have a notebook. <laughs> Well, hey, welcome. Hey, 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 are we recording? We are. Yeah, we are. It's the Three Dudes Podcast. That's what it is. That's who we are. And that's what you're listening to. And that's what it's going to be for now oh. and for all time. Um, I have a pen here. If, uh, I can't find your notebook. Do you, do what ifs? Where's your notebook? What ifs? I don't know. But your notebook. Maybe it's on the D&D table. Yeah, oh, wait. This be. is... No, this is you. Oh, what? This is you. Wait, did I like, well, keep yeah, his notebook fine. or something? No, it's not ah! So welcome. Sorry. Season season uh, two, episode 27. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Total of episode number 58. Mm. All right. I, got that ri- I think I got, you mean 58. I got that shit written down. The dude cast is in session. The dude cast is in session. And we all voted today. We did. Yeah. Did, did you? You fucking idiots. Yeah, did, yeah, did well, you? Well, actually, by the time you're listening to this, it's probably not you, voting you, day. So. You guys yeah. have to speak up because we can't hear you. Did you vote? <laughs> did you vote? Guys. Oh, you guys, talk, you got to talk louder. Right? We can't hear. Whatever. You know, you're breaking up. I'm we, sorry. <laughs> we uh, we all voted. We all voted uh, uh, uh-huh. for the candidates of our choice. And uh, the in the tradition of, uh, of the way that I vote, I stuffed my entire dick and balls in the ballot box. <laughs> uh, the, as I do every way. Year. Which is surprisingly hard now because they're electronics. So <laughs> right. So it's going to really do that thing where it reels in, in your ball skin yeah. and then scans it and then spits it back Good out. Good thing I'm getting right. older and it's getting more stretchy. <laughs> Also, a good thing I wear boxers. Yeah. Helps it, you know, yeah, right. breathe a little. Stretches yeah. them out. Keeps them loose. No, keeps them nimble. <laughs> you know, it just keeps my scrotum nimble. Yeah. Like you, like with Play-Doh, you stretch them out onto a, a, <laughs> like a comic strip and press them real hard. And then, like, peel the newsprint yeah. off. And then you got a really big-headed Garfield. <laughs> Silly putty, uh, silly what, putty. Whatever, Play-Doh, silly putty. You know, I ate it both when I was younger. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So we're you know very uh, salty. It is you yes. know Play-Doh, silly putty, ball skin. <laughs> it's all the same. You know, whatever. It's all the same. So we, uh, uh, Morty, Morty, yeah. Morty. <laughs> My acid reflux is acting up. I apologize. Mm. <coughs> you, know, you know what you should take for that is a lot of beer. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that sounds like a That'll swell idea. Help. Yeah. Um, I can't drink right now because I'm talking, but uh, it, it is. Yeah, it's the midterm elections. We voted. We're, we're anxiously awaiting the results. You yeah. said I, I, I um, can't drink right now because I'm talking. And that's literally my problem. Twenty four seven. Oh, God, I wish I could drink right now, but I'm talking. So. <laughs> I, need to, I need to fill those blank yeah. spots with beer. <laughs> yep. So, um, uh we we will find out, uh, I'm sure, tomorrow or, or possibly later tonight, uh, at which point I will I will if there's a merciful God in this universe, I'll just be getting drunk and playing Overwatch. Yeah, uh, instead of paying attention to the election results. But uh, I mean, at which point I'm sure I'll hear from the players either, you know, shouting one way or the other. Yeah. But um, but Most anyway, um, one way or the other, I mean, 
<laughs> it doesn't matter because we're fucked anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are fucked. We are really fucked. I'm fucked in particular this week because of Christmas shopping. Oh. Uh, yeah. uh, good news. I got a job. Yay. Yeah. The bad, exciting. The bad news is I got to wait for a paycheck. That's true. And the Christmas season is approaching. I don't know what I'm going to do to show my appreciation for my loved ones, apart from spending time with them and telling them that I love and appreciate them. Yeah. No, I have to sh- I have to show that with capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> the, when you when you care enough to send the very best, choose capitalism. That's yeah. right. I got to I got to. Sorry. I have an obligation. Strangely, as as a man who does not practice any religion whatsoever, uh, to buy gifts for most of the people I know every <laughs> December twenty fifth. It's really weird, isn't it? When you think about Festivus. it, yeah. for Jesus, for the rest of us, <laughs> right? Like it makes sense to get people something for their birthday or right. something because that's like personal to them. But yeah. it is weird that we just pick this one day where it's like. Hey, it's someone's birthday. Let's give every, literally everyone else yeah. presents. The thing is, Which, it's not even really his birthday. Yeah, you know. his birthday was probably in April. They think. Yeah, isn't that a yeah. is? But that I mean, that is kind of a nice sentiment. If I was like, if if you know, if I had like a big enough circle of influence, maybe not as big as Jesus, but like yeah. a big enough circle of influence where I could be like, hey, don't get me stuff for my birthday. Get each of you get each other things. For my birthday. I think that's a nice sentiment, right? Yeah, I think sure. so, too. But it's not its not really about Jesus anymore, is it? It's about capitalism sure. showing people that you care through buying shit for them. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not really good at that. If I know someone has an immediate need for a thing and I have the money to do it, I'll be like, oh, here, you know, take, yeah. take this fucking thing. I'm bad at it, too. I'm really bad at knowing what people like. I'm really terrible. Even at it. though I know them well enough to know the things they already like, I should know the things that my own parents like, and I really don't. Yeah, <laughs> I really don't right. know. I'm just bad at this. Like, <laughs> like Christy's incredible at this. She has like a laser eye on what people might want, and she'll have a gift planned out months down the line. Like, like a, like a. She's like a sniper for celebration. <laughs> Aubrey is exactly the same way. Yeah. Um, what I did last year <clears throat> was was to not buy things for people based on their hobbies or interests or whatever, but I bought people things that I felt would be useful to them. Okay. I got my dad a vacuum food sealer. That's legit. I got my brother a laser meat thermometer. Yeah, that's right. Um. You know, I, I, I got things that I, I felt would be useful, things that you wouldn't normally get otherwise, but will still serve a purpose in, in something that you would regularly do. Yeah, that makes sense. You wouldn't go out of your way to buy, I don't know, a, a fucking, uh, like, something that automatically, like, it, it like, laser paints your, like, a, a log of wood so you can aim for a, a target when you chop it, you know? <laughs> That's a that's a fairly useless. That's a that's you know that's a sky mall thing. Yeah, you, you wouldn't just buy that ordinarily unless you got a shitload of money to burn. Yeah. But it's a great gift. You know, you know the thing that bums me out the most about the it's Christmas a nice season? thing to get for free. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but it's just like the Christmas season for me is like like think about how many gifts you've given and you'll never really know if people use them or like them and you hope they do sure sure but then it's just like literally within a month within a month everyone forgets what everyone gave everyone and it just goes so fast it's like 
You spend a lot of time and anxiety hoping to get someone the right thing, and then it's just over. Imagine, imagine how I felt the entire month. My plan was to be was to have a job in October. Yeah. So I could start saving money. Imagine my anxiety, you know, having been jobless up until uh, a few days ago. Yeah. And I I got to start thinking about Christmas shopping. Well, I don't even get to enjoy my first few paychecks. I got to I got to shop for people. Sure. For what it's worth, you know this, I'm sure. Chris, you might not know this, but uh, we well, you, you know that at New Year's here, which is the party we have here. That I, is I think you mean exciting. Dudesmas. Dudes, <laughs> Mary Dudesmas. Indeed. Mary Dudesmas. So at our New Year's, we exchange gifts. Um, so Aubrey has an idea, and I think it's a very good one, to just do a big secret Santa. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It'll be a lot of fun. And like that eliminates the stress of gift giving like that. Right. Mm-hmm. You have one person to focus on. You can maybe do like a better gift for one person mm. as opposed to like a whole bunch of gifts, you know? Yeah. I mean, that kind of takes the edge off of sure. all that, doesn't it? Well, the other thing we talked about was doing a potluck, too, right? Like where people just which we kind of do that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> for people, dudes yeah. People always end up bringing stuff. And, yeah. And, you know, I'll have a bunch of stuff going here. But, yeah, it's you know, yeah. the dudes miss is a special time that will be celebrated with a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just bringing empty milk jugs full of bathtub liquor. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, quite, quite almost almost exactly what I do every year. Is bring <laughs> milk jugs full of liquor. I actually would like to do another holiday beer. I might yeah, actually do, do that it. this year. Hell yeah. I uh, brewed in a while. Is Caribou to make a uh, reappearance at oh, this year's cool. Dudesmas? You've it asked is. us this like three times, yeah. I think, and the answer is always yes. yes. <laughs> Caribou must return. Has to. It's tradition at this point. It is point. now As tradition. Is tradition. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. Um, but that's why I'm fucked. I, I gotta, I gotta, uh, I gotta start worrying about this. But yeah, hey, once the once the New Year rolls around, yeah, I can start to. Start worrying about number one. Yeah, that's and right. Plus, you know, in a couple of weeks, I mean, like, if it takes three weeks or whatever, if your paycheck's usually behind a certain amount, you should have a paycheck in, like, three weeks. Mm. Yeah. Right? Something yeah. like that. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> It'll work out. Why are you fucking, uh, Chris? Uh, I'm fucked for two reasons this week. I know, like, usually we're either fucked for one really weird, silly reason, one serious reason, or no reason. Yeah. Um. I, I'm fucked for two reasons this week. I, I think I don't think there's ever been a two fucked reasoning episode. <laughs> Wait, what? I don't think yeah, there's say ever that been, again. Let's, try take, that, let's try take it, it back. Um, uh, there's never been. I don't think any of us have ever been fucked for two different reasons before. So I'm gonna pop that cherry. <laughs> oh, you mean you have a twofer? I have a twofer. I was gonna say. Okay, yeah, I have a lot of twofer. All those little twofies. A, a twofer grace. <laughs> Man. Dad. Um, no, I have a two for one of them is very serious, and then the other one is very uh, not serious. Um, the first one is I, I read uh, two articles on Facebook yesterday from NBC News. Um, the first one was uh, a story about an 11 year old who was living with his grandparents, and uh, his grandmother asked him to clean his room, and uh, he left the living room where the two grandparents were watching TV and he came back into the living room with his grandfather's gun and shot his grandma on the back of the head. And then when the grandma, uh, when the grandfather got up and, uh, went to tend to the grandmother in a blind panic, uh, the kid put the gun against his head and shot himself. Oh my God. And 
not two hours later, I read another article that got posted about a 15-year-old whose uh, mom got an arg- into an argument with him about his grades, and he just fucking choked her to death. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, like, neither of these kids, like, there was, like, everybody was, like, puzzled because there was, like, nothing. There's no evidence of them, like, you know, they weren't getting bullied at school. They were just, you know, like, normal kids. Mm-hmm. So we're fucked because I don't know what the fuck is wrong with these kids. I don't know what's wrong with them. I don't know either. That's fucked Honestly, up. I don't. I mean, That's, I mean, we were young once, not that long ago. We were young. Right. Yeah. I, okay. Dad had, uh, dad had uh, you know, his shotgun in the house when I was a kid. Uh, first of all, I didn't even know where he had it. Yeah. Second of all, <laughs> uh, I would have you never. I mean, like, yeah, it would never occur to you to actually yeah, do that. Jesus as mad, Christ. as mad as you got. And I remember being a mad, mm-hmm. a very angry kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me too. As angry as I got. I never really seriously considered hurting anyone like that. Right. I mean, it's just never. It's just it's just insane. Yeah, it's like I, I I'm sorry to like bring the mood down here, but like, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with these kids, man. Like, that's crazy to me. Yeah. And we were talking about this a little bit earlier, Ben. Like, I, I think a lot of it is the, the you know, the, these bulldozer parents who don't, you know, let their kids handle any conflict mm. when they're young. You mm. know what I mean? So they don't know how to deal with things when they're presented with conflict. I think that's part of it. I think the, I, I don't know. I guess I don't know what the other part of it is. You know, here's the, here's the thing. It's really possible that this shit has just been happening forever. And every single generation sits around with their hands ringing and going, how do we stop this? Why is it happening now? Right. Yeah. It's probably old. I mean, you know, you remember mean, Lizzie Borden? Yeah. Who but, chopped her parents up into little bits with an axe? Yeah. That happened Yeah, in olden yeah. times. You sure. know, like, I know, maybe, but maybe it's, it's just always happening. The Menendez brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the Bradys. Uh, <clears throat> not my family. <laughs> the Amityville Horror, which we talked about recently on Goose yeah. Chase. Like, it's just, it, it, there's, I, I just don't understand. Like, I, I you know, I, yeah. I did see... Uh, I did see that you had posted earlier the article about the uh, the kid who strangled his mom. Yeah, and I noticed it was from Florida. Yes, one one thing, um, Florida is unique in the United States in that the press has free and unrestricted access to all police reports. I think mm-hmm. I told you that. Did you? I think so. I, I think we talked about it on a previous podcast. I don't remember where I heard it, but that that's a that's an actual thing. Yeah. Um. So, like, it, it, it may not even be that it's, you know, that it's uh, uh, such a rarity. I mean, of course it is a rarity. Yeah. But, but it, you know, that it may be happening more than we realize. Sure. Now, that, um, that just makes me feel even worse. <clears throat> now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, should we bomb Florida? And I'm thinking, yes, yes. we probably should. Probably. Now, is it legal? No. But would it probably <laughs> stop a lot of problems? Yes. So I'm just saying... Let's carpet bomb Florida. Sure. Every day until nothing grows there for a thousand years. I'm talking years. 1939 London. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's just let's just bomb the shit out of it yeah. and then hopefully it drifts off into the Atlantic. The last thing that was good about Florida was Dan Marino. Australia Junior. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, Dan Marino was actually the last thing good about Florida. Ricky yeah. Williams was okay. Yeah. Except he was more, he was better and he was in college. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So, um, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, uh, it's upsetting as hell. It's, it is. It yeah. makes it makes it's sure as hell a, a very good supporting argument for me to never have any fucking kids. Yeah, mm-hmm. right, yeah, right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Jesus, I mean, I not like trust me, I want to die, <laughs> but like, <laughs> like ever, hopefully not at the now, hands of my son. son right <laughs> now, I I want to <laughs> I want to die as much as the next guy. Right, don't get me wrong, <laughs> but do I want my son to shoot me in the head? Eh, no, because yeah. no, then he's got to go to jail. Right. And, I, and I'm dead. <laughs> I feel I feel that it bears a little clarification, though, because uh, you had mentioned, yeah, we had been we had been talking. Uh, we were we were running to pick up some furniture, you and I earlier today yeah. um, that we were talking. We were talking about, like, you know, how how kids are so fucking stupid today because, you know, parents don't let them figure shit yeah, out for right. themselves. Um, I feel it bears clarification in this situation that we're definitely not implying that the victim in this Florida case uh, is to blame for her own demise. No, like that's no, it, it, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I Seriously, I don't know. Yeah, I guess we don't know the whole story, but like at some level, no matter what happens to you. Mm hmm. In, in a civilized, you know what I'm talking about? If you grow up in a, a lower, even at like a lower working poor home and you, you, you're raised in a semi-normal fashion, do you mm. know what I mean? Like basically in the sense that you're not, you're not like a wild child who doesn't learn how to talk or, you know what I mean? Well, in a, in a normal, like, a, like a feral child, if you're raised with some semblance of society around you, there's no fucking excuse for you to, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, re, uh, not all that long ago, it might have even today or yesterday. It was some it was sometime recently um, was the anniversary of, of the release of uh, the notorious B.I.G.'s Ready to Die. Yeah. Mm. Um. Which is a, which is a pretty good example of how you can you know you can grow up in total poverty and still not kill your fucking parents. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even when you're surrounded by yeah. gang warfare and violence. In fact, you could you could then you know make a record and put a mink coat on your mom's back. <laughs> I would make the argument. One would say that she pimps her act with a mink on her back. <laughs> Spread love. It's the Brooklyn, Brooklyn way. way. I would the Moat now is they kept him pissy. Girls used to diss him. Now they write letters because they miss him. <laughs> He never thought it could happen. This rapid stuff is Christ. You're as bad as Christy. I'm always telling yeah. her, like, you know, you don't have to finish the whole thing. <laughs> no, you, you do. My, I, I, here's the thing. I need to have kids and I need to have a daughter yeah. so I can take a picture and post it on my Facebook with me cooking dinner next to her with five carrots. And it says live in life without fear, putting five carrots in my baby girl here. <laughs> I need to make that joke. Oh, I, my God. I, is that really your end yeah. game? That's I, I, I've had that joke in my head. That's where you go. Literally since I was 17 years old, I'm like, I have to have a daughter just so I can make that joke. <laughs> I get so it. No, then I could like, you know, shake her until she stops crying <laughs> and, then, and start over. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but like when she's a baby, I need that. I need to make that joke. Yeah. You know. And then after that, well, yeah, and you then, know, you know, just whatever just discard happens, happens, throw her out the window or yeah. whatever, you know, <laughs> you know. Anyway, anyway. Uh, I'm, I'm fucked for another reason, too. This is uh, slightly is this, less depressing. Is this, is this going to be sandwich related or something? Is it gonna be, no. no. Okay. This is not McDouble Watch. McDouble Watch. Um, no, uh, the the Cash Me Outside girl uh, oh. dropped an EP. 
Shut the fuck <laughs> under the, up. Under the name Bad Baby. No, fuck you. Bad and, Baby. And, no. we're, and we're fucked because it's not bad. <laughs> what? It's not bad. It's not bad. Huh? In fact, there's one song on there, and I'll show you guys the music video later, um, that actually... The kids would call it hot fire, I think. You are kidding. I am not kidding. You are there's, kidding. There's, you must be. There's at least one track on this album that's uh, that's pretty bumping. I'll play you the video. The The video is really funny. Um, <laughs> it's like it starts out like her and then like this family, this 1950s family. And it's all in black and white. And then as the video progresses, they become like more and more hood ratty. Oh, my God. And it turns into color. It features a cameo by David Spade. It's really funny. <laughs> huh? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not joking. I'll play. I'll Did play. we switch timelines again? <laughs> no. I'm serious. <laughs> I'm serious. It's The video is really funny. And uh, the beat is fucking. I don't know who the producer is, but the beat's fucking killer. I can't believe uh, And this. she's not bad. I she's can't n- believe She's this. not bad. And I got to say, I'm ashamed of myself because the song's called Gucci Flip Flops, incidentally. Uh, I'm ashamed of myself because I actually like this song. It's it's it fucking it's bit bumps, man. I can't. What's her name is Bad Baby. Bad, this is going to piss you off even more. It's Bad B-H-A-D Baby B-H-A-B-I-E. <laughs> I'm not That's, kidding. I have no what, words. What is that Moroccan? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's uh, it's white trash is what I, it is. Bad Baby. You're a bad baby. <laughs> Um, there's also a song called These Hoes that's on the album, but she spells hoes H-E-A-U-X. I'm not joking. This is, I'm serious. I'm not joking. I'm just stupefied. Uh, it's, it's not bad. It's not bad. I'll show you the music video later. So I guess we're fucked because that exists. And I'm personally fucked because I actually kind of like it. Like I'm, I'm unashamedly saying this to everybody so you can all make fun of me you know later but yeah right you're on the record it's not bad taking a bold stand taking a bold stand not bad okay that song goes hard in the paint man it's pretty good i will listen to it yeah (laughs) and i will probably begrudgingly enjoy this yeah the video's really you're gonna laugh at the video it's actually really funny i don't know who directed it but i want to give kudos to that person because it's really funny um but yeah that's why uh that's why i'm (laughs) fucked wow uh, well, Dave, I'll tell you why I'm fucked. I'll yeah. tell you why I'm fucked. Uh, so I watched recently the newest season of House of Cards. Have you guys watched? Oh, it? no, I didn't even know it was out. Yeah. So they dropped it recently. And this is the long anticipated Kevin Spacey list yeah. season. This is the Robin Wright show. <laughs> yeah, the Robin Wright show. The Robin Wright show. Um, and I will tell you this about it. I wish on some level they hadn't made any more House of Cards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not that it's bad. It isn't. It's that it doesn't make sense. It's that it's weird. And it's that, okay, so this is not a spoiler. This is episode one shit. Frank Underwood is suddenly dead. Yeah. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So Frank Underwood has died by means that become the entire, like, the whole season is, how did Frank really die? Right? Ugh. It's uh and, and and Claire is now sitting president. Um because <laughs> part of their plan was always, I guess, for Frank to like abdicate and for Claire to like be the president and for him to be like a lobbyist from afar or something. <sighs> that was part of what they set up at the end of the last season. Uh it's not that it's bad. It's that constantly, like a drum. 
You keep hearing echoes of Kevin Spacey, such to the extent that he may as well just have been in it anyway. Oh, they play his voice? You don't hear his voice, but people read his words. People are constantly talking about him. Everything that happens is basically in contrast or in in agreement of what would Frank have wanted. It's constantly... About Frank. I don't even know why they bothered continuing the show. No, they they would have been better off just shit canning it. It was frankly. like it was like when uh, Charlie Sheen got fired from Two and a Half Men. Yeah, right. Like there was no way that was ever going to work. Or like when John Ritter died. Yeah, like, you can't do more of that show. And again, though, it's not that it's bad because it's actually it's good overall. But there's moments in particular where you just start to be like, why? Why are we seeing this? Yeah. Why are we doing this? And it's like it, it's also because of the nature of what happened, you know, regarding Kevin Spacey and the American political climate around, you know, like, you know, uh, hashtag fa- me too. Yeah. All the me too stuff. So mm. that's the first time I said this on the show and it wasn't a joke. <laughs> and it wasn't a joke. Yeah. <laughs> right. But as a result of this, it's also like this whole season has this like like female empowerment angle that the harder they push it, the more I'm like, okay, just how sorry is Netflix for hiring Kevin Spacey? Because they can't seem to stop subtly apologizing by way of this show. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is one scene, and this is not a huge spoiler, but I'm going to say it because... I'm not going to watch this, incidentally. Well, I have no interest in... I'll tell you this. This this is the scene for me where I kind of went, me. okay, because... At some point, Claire Underwood fires her entire cabinet Mm. in a big dramatic firing. Right. And the next time her cabinet is assembled, it's a it's she's showing another character to spite her. And she opens the door and it's an entirely female cabinet. And it has this sweeping music going on. (laughs) So, you know how you're supposed to feel about it. And uh, it's Uh. it's. It's so over the top. It's so yeah, that like, sounds really yeah. It's like something that would never happen. Yeah, it's like, and is that even like the goal? Is that what we want now? Is like no, never any men anywhere. Like, yeah. what is Netflix it's, trying to tell me? Netflix, I think, is kind of self-flagellating a bit for something that isn't really <laughs> their fault at all. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. Is it's this seems to me like how bad does Netflix feel that they're apologizing? For hiring Kevin Spacey by releasing a series of a show that is just like, do they have to apologize? Let me. Do they have to apologize? I don't know for hiring Kevin Spacey. I don't think they no, owe anyone any apologies. I don't, I don't, right? They, I mean, he no. was, he's a Netflix doesn't owe us. An no matter apology. what he did, he's a great actor. It's like no matter what Michael Jackson may or may not have done, he was still a great musical artist and the world's best dancer. Yeah, can't right. take that away from him. Yeah, right. Um. You know, Louis C.K. was still really funny comedian. Yeah. You know, Bill Cosby was a groundbreaking comedian. You can't take anything away from those people. Right. You don't have to like it. Right. But you certainly don't have to whip ourselves for enjoying them in the past. Right. And Netflix doesn't have to apologize for hiring somebody that they didn't know did stuff like that. You know what I mean? But this season feels like an apology to Netflix viewers and in some sense an apology to women in America. And while that's an admirable goal, it just plays weird on television. Netflix doesn't have the... the, They don't have the authority to apologize. No. They don't have the responsibility, the authority, or or the obligation (laughs) to do any of that. So, like, while a moment like that of an all female cabinet could have felt like an awesome baller move for Claire Underwood, then I'm also like... 
but wait, she's also a monster. Yeah, right. So why is this show trying to make her a hero? Yeah, right. They're, they're, they're not nice people, neither yeah, of them. They're bad people. That was and, the whole angle. Yeah, and the tone doesn't make sense now because it does feel like Netflix is somehow trying to like use this season to like claw something back that it doesn't have to do anything about. Yeah. So yeah, I wanted to love it, strange. and I just kind of liked it, and that's how I feel about yeah. it. And you're probably going to see more of the show, by the way. Oh, you think? Yes. Actually, the way they ended it, if they if they don't make more, they've left it almost worse than if they hadn't done anything. See, the thing is, it doesn't, it doesn't, to me, that doesn't Morty. seem like it works too much now, because the name of the show is House of Cards, implying that at some point it's going to come tumbling down. Yeah. And if, we, if we're supposed to be on Claire's side, at least for this... Yeah. Then there's no house of cards that comes tumbling down. It already came tumbling down, and it came yeah. tumbling down all over Kevin Spacey's career. <laughs> 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 yeah. No, it's, I mean, you're right. It's in the name. Yeah. Everything's supposed to fall apart. And I will say this much, at least for the show, by the end of this season, it really doesn't. Yeah. And if it's not going to, mm. then they should have just stopped early. Right. So that's how I feel. I'm really disappointed because I loved this show. And actually, I started rewatching. You know, because you know what? Whatever. Kevin Spacey's a piece of shit, but I'm not going to stop yeah, right. loving House of We Cards. actually watched, my mom oh, had never I, seen Seven before. We watched Seven on mm, Halloween. Yeah. yeah. I, classic. I've I've never stopped enjoying Braveheart. Yeah, right. In spite of all the. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now let's cut to that racist terrain yeah. by Mel Gibson. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's the Jews, man. They just. <laughs> What do, what do we, can we throw a, an addendum why we're fucked in here? Yeah. What what is everybody not an addendum? Can we throw an additional why we're fucked in here? Why does What's everyone hate the, the Jews? Thing? Why does everybody hate the Jews? I don't what get did it. the Jews ever do to anyone? I mean, aside from, you know, amass massive political power and essentially, you know, take over all the news media and <laughs> okay. the movie industry. Listen, they worked hard to they worked hard to do that. They earned it, all right? <laughs> I don't I don't care if they even if all that was miraculously true, they fucking worked their asses off to do yeah. it and you yep. didn't. So shut the fuck up and quit bitching. I because think, if you want to change it, go up and do it. You oh, fucking pussy. I will say that as much as people hate the Jews has made me love the Jews way more. What have they? Yeah, what have they ever done to anybody except nothing? Die, yeah, on on mass over centuries, and over and over. God. No matter where they go, they end up the 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 the, the whipping boy wherever yeah. they end up. It's miserable. Jesus Christ! What uh, what Shakespeare meant as comedy in in uh, Merchant of Venice, uh, I think probably deliberately echoes through the ages as genuine sentiment. Has not a Jew eyes? Has not a Jew ears? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It's it's a fucked up situation. Yeah, it really is. So, on that incredibly uplifting note, maybe we should take ourselves a break. Yep. <laughs> we'll do ourselves a little, the mitzvah of getting a little drunker. And the mitzvah. Yeah, the mitzvah. The it's m- a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah. And you know what? Near a couple of menches, you know that. That's right. Peter, be a mensch and bring me checked. the unobtainium. <laughs> <laughs> Peter. Or was Tritium. Unobtainium was Avatar. I got my I got my <laughs> yeah. dumb comic book movies mixed up. Unob- Unobtainium is actually uh, a a trope and has been a trope for a while. It <laughs> yeah. is uh, really just anything that exists to never be able to be gotten. Yeah. 
Yeah. Hey, to bring me the precious tritium, would you? <laughs> so it's, it's what the Holy Grail is made out of in Raiders. Yeah. Mm. Or Raiders. Jesus Christ. Last Crusade. Yeah. The, the best Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah. I hate to say it, but yeah. It's so good. Oh. All right. Raiders kind of falls apart when you when you discover the uh, the plot thread that, you know, if Indiana Jones happened to have done nothing, then all the Nazis would still be dead. Yeah. From right. opening the arc. <laughs> yeah. Right. Kind of kind of <laughs> takes the wind out of the sails, doesn't it? <laughs> there is also the possibility that he like just suddenly realized what was about to happen yeah. when he said, Mary and cover your eyes. But I don't know it. The whole the whole thing kind of. Anyway, it's fun, but yeah, Last Crusade, I think, is probably oh, yeah. the yeah. better of the three. Indiana. Uh, and there are only three. Name the dog, <laughs> Indiana. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll be back after this break. Yeah. Uh, and we will get to schmoking and, and drinking. drinking. <laughs> Every episode. No, I've Every got Every fucking episode. In truth, I've got a new trivia question for you oh, guys. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I hope you enjoy Would it. you rather be smoking or <laughs> drinking? Smoking. Option C. I want to do both. <laughs> All right, stick around. Hey guys, you've been uh, listening to and enjoying the Three Dude Cast. We hope you've been enjoying it anyway, but if you have, smash that like button. Yeah, smash that fucking like button. <laughs> it looks like a heart on SoundCloud, I think. I yeah, think something so. like that. And if you really want to hear more of our stuff, you can subscribe to us. Yeah, or rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play. And we're everywhere. And SoundCloud, just, everywhere. We're yeah. always with you. Uh, always. For the... For the ensuing quiz, which Whoa. is about to happen here on the Three Dudes Show, which we are back on. Yeah. To. On we're our bullshit. Back. We are back on do it. Uh, and uh, it's time for a segment now uh, that I like to call reality or bullshit. America's favorite game show. You really tried very hard not to say smoking and drinking. I did. <laughs> You're right. You did. you did a good job. Um. So last week uh, uh, we had the the um, is it a prescription drug or a name from Middle Earth? Oh yeah, that and, was good, and that was yeah. I thought that was kind of fun. Um, this this week I have gone out in search of uh, the strangest town names in the United States. Ooh, but I've made one up. Oh, this is good. I've completely made one up. The other three are one are actual. Towns in in these United States of America, mm. um, and uh, there there are explanations for each of them. Okay. Um, so uh, the four choices you have, you have to uh, pick out the one, of course, that I have invented. Uh, you have to pick between Knockem Stiff, Ohio. Wait. <laughs> 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 Would I ever? <laughs> Bread loaf, Vermont. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh my God, this is gonna be hard. Yeah, this is fun. Mother's breast, Iowa. <laughs> or Satan's Kingdom, Massachusetts. What? Hold on now. Okay. Okay. So you said there's reasons for each of these, right? Yeah. There, there, there are reasons for each of these, except for the one I've made up. Oh, okay. well, wait. Oh, oh so we don't, we we, don't get we to hear to pick. Okay. 
We don't um, get to hear them until we no, until no, no. it's over. Yeah, no, no, yeah, not no. I'm not gonna. Okay, I see. I, see. <laughs> you know, I, I thought you were gonna like have see, explanations see, for each and make. Yeah, one I was up. hoping you that, would do that because I was hoping that that would be the one thing that I could maybe you know predict what? on. You know what? That is a good idea, and I wish I'd done it, but I didn't. That's no, okay. um, this is this is harder. I this didn't. Is, I didn't is, come up with a story for the fake town because you didn't. This is harder. <laughs> Yep. Oh, so give me those names again so I can scroll it in my notebook that looks like an insane person. Um, right? So, so the first choice is Knock'em Stiff. This is all one word. Knock'em Stiff, Ohio. Okay. Bread Loaf, Vermont. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's a you're, second. You're okay. Okay. Uh, Mother's Breast, Iowa. <laughs> and Satan's Kingdom, Massachusetts. My God! Yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 strange when you when you stop to consider the fact that three of these are real. Three of these are actual fucking places in these United States. Satan's Kingdom, where Massachusetts, Massachusetts. MA. Mm, okay. So here's the thing: Satan's Kingdom, Massachusetts, for me is the standout because it's the one that I can tied to something that might make sense which yeah, the is witchcraft like thing. yeah the witchcraft thing sure. massachusetts mm. which also makes it seem like maybe the one that's not the real one because i gotta think you created one and you had to tie some internal logic yeah. to it maybe i think he's mm. I, I i think that that one's real though you think so i think that one's real Here's the thing. All of these are so I was thinking there'd be some inkling of an idea yeah. for what we could have for these. I have no idea. Yeah, this the is one, really tough. I, I will tell you the one I'm leaning to is Breadloaf, Vermont, because it is so on the nose okay. yeah, because it's so generically silly that it's yeah, like, right. you know, knock them stiff, Ohio. I can see like a high trousers. Wow, well, we're going to name the town. Knock them stiff. You know, yeah, and that's just what we plan to do, you 1880s see. 1880s guy. We're going to call it Knock em Stiff. Yeah, we're going to surprise these here United States. Uh, mother's Breast, Iowa. <laughs> and its cousin, Titty, North Dakota. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> Sister's tit. <laughs> West Virginia. <laughs> Sister's titty. <laughs> that's way better than... <laughs> That's way better than Grandma's cunt, I know. <laughs> Stop by. Visit the Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> Grandma's cunt. Why, we've got over 2,000 citizens here in Grandma's cunt. Um, been, it's a crabbing town. <laughs> we have more tourists coming every year in Grandma's cunt. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Ew. Um, oh, God. Okay, I would I try. No, I have no idea. I would try and talk my way through this, but uh, I'm, I'm just going to. I have no reasoning behind this. I'm going to go with gut instinct here, and I'm going to say Breadloaf Vermont is the one that you made up. Loaf. Okay. Dave, do you have an answer? You know. Whoops. I think you're right, Chris. Of the rest of these. That's the one where it's just like, who would even think of it's it? It's so it's so generically on the nose that it's like the other ones I can I guess I could rationalize in my head. Yeah. They all have a certain character to them that's like sort of like out there big. Yeah. Breadloaf is so It's so Vermont. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah. I'm with I'm, him. I'm gonna say Breadloaf Vermont. Final all right. answer. All right. 
Uh, so let's let's uh, let's start like I did last time with the uh, the ones that you didn't guess and that are also wrong. Okay. Uh, Knock'em Stiff, Ohio, is uh, a nickname okay. for a town in Ross County in southern Ohio, uh, which is called like Shady Glen or something like that. Okay. Um, but they call it Knock'em, Knock'em Stiff. Stiff. They call it Knock'em Stiff. There are a couple of of theories about where the name came from. Um, one of the, the funniest one to me is is one where a preacher comes across two women fighting in the street over a man. And uh, like the one is cheating. The one is sleeping with the other's husband and, yeah. and they're fighting with each other. And the preacher says, uh, is a man really w- worth this kind of trouble? I think you, you two should knock him stiff. Hmm. Um, he uh, wishes. There's yeah. also a story about a bar brawl that happened that was like made regional news. Um, okay. But it is called Knock 'em Stiff. Okay, so that's a real one. That's a real one. Satan's Kingdom, Massachusetts, Ooh. was so named uh, <laughs> by early settlers because of the hostility of the natives there, the ferocity of the wildlife, and the ruggedness of the terrain. Gotcha. Uh-huh. It was not a very hospitable place when first settled, and it was nicknamed Satan's Kingdom. Okay, fair enough. Breadloaf, Vermont. Is named after the Breadloaf oh. Mountain nearby. <laughs> no, no shit. So named because it has a flat top and a rounded uh, edge and outcropping, uh, making it resemble a loaf of bread. Huh. Okay. Mother's Breast, Iowa, is the one I made up. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> you did really good because that one seemed super real to yeah. me. Yeah. I I was I was trying to think of like like. Well, I was thinking, I think, partly about how, like, Mike Pence calls his wife mother. Mother, yeah. And there's so, like, (laughs) there's so many old... Suckling on mother's breast. There's so many old-timey things. It just, like, I don't know, it it flashed in my head, like, I could imagine some, like, old-timey settler, you know, talking freely about, like, well, when I was a youngin' and I used to suckle up my mother's teat, (laughs) you know, some weird old-timey affectation like that that I I felt would... Suckling at the tit. Would, um... (laughs) <laughs> would lend itself well. What's that, Prospector? <laughs> um, I came all the way from Grandma's Cut, Idaho. <laughs> Settled down at Mother's Breast. Rockridge. I've been um, all over these many states and seen all many number of towns named after various lady ports. <laughs> Not to say I much appreciate yeah. Mother's Breast, Idaho. You, you, you think Mother's Breast is good? You should see Aunt Vi's uvula. Or vol- uvula. <laughs> uvula. <laughs> Volva, Volva, uvula, uvula, Volva. It's like the same. <laughs> you say, you say uvula. I say, I, I say, I, fuck I, me, grandma. <laughs> you say uvula. I say, I fell asleep in high school health class. <laughs> uh, yes, good effort, both of you. But yeah. mother's breast eye. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good stumping there. Yeah, That's good. I never would. I actually thought that was super real. <laughs> Very yeah. good stumping. All right. Well, uh, this brings us to the topic for today. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Aubrey and I are on season seven of Star Trek The Next Generation. This is her first full watch through of the series, and I'm really happy because it means we get to move on to Deep Space Nine, which is my favorite. Now, Deep Deep Space Nine is uh, Janeway, right? No, that's Voyager. Voyager. Deep Deep Space Nine is Captain Benjamin Lafayette Sisko. That's right, Sisko. Captain Sisko, my favorite Mm -hmm. captain, my favorite Star Trek series. Uh, not just be- not just because we share a first name, but uh, you know it's a good first name. I think. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, 
but uh, it's it's gotten me in the mood uh, uh, in particular too because I've been playing a bit of Overwatch. I've been I've been um, I don't know. It's something I've been indulging in lately. I want to talk about science fiction. Ooh, yes. I want to talk about sci-fi for a while. Yes, yes. with you guys. I'm, um, I'm all about it. We just recently, Chris, watched um, uh, Blade Runner 2049, yes, and it was we really, did. really good. It was surprisingly good. What, as good as good or better than the original, I think. I thought Very so too. Good. It 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 the the trick is it doesn't try to you know ride the coattails of its predecessor. No. It, it doesn't Right. Same you know, same attitude, same like dystopian like, you know, Everywhere you look, you were just bombarded by advertisements and corporate logos and shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, it shares the aesthetics in the important places. Yeah. But, but it really is a distinct story. And the fact that Deckard is kind of interwoven or a big part of it, you know, right. is, is kind of... It doesn't feel like you're picking up where they left off at all. You're Right, exactly. It, it, is, it is itself its own story. Right. Yes. And dare I say, you you don't even really need to have seen the first Blade Runner to enjoy it and get that thing out of it. Yeah. But it helps it to helps. have seen the first Blade Runner. It gives you more information, but I think you're right. That would be a standalone movie. You don't need to. I mean, I'm trying to remember if Christy had seen the original Blade Runner. Aubrey has not. It. Aubrey yeah. has still not seen the original Either Blade Runner. Trisha. Yeah. I know, I know what we're doing uh, once we're done with Rose Red. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be down with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got the director's cut on DVD. We got yes. it's, it's yep. you know it ain't Blu-ray or nothing, but I got the Blu-ray. Uh, well, okay, the, yeah. the, the director's cut. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. No, you know there's a <laughs> there's, there's a, four, a 4K director's cut as well. Clear this up mm. for me. There's the original release. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then there was the director's cut. Then wasn't there the final the final cut? cut? Yeah. The final cut. Uh, I haven't seen the final cut. I've only seen the director's cut, but um, they're they're basically one and the same. Mm-hmm. Um, the the final cut comes with some bonus features that are, but they are but they are the 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 director's cut final cut version are the uh, the movie the way that it was intended to be seen. Yeah, if before I the editors got a hold of it. Yeah, because yeah. the studio didn't feel like people were going to understand the movie, and so if I remember correctly, the theatrical release is I don't like know what's not to understand. Yeah, right. It, it's got a pretty straightforward fucking message. I think it requires a, just a bit more attention from the viewer. I, um, I suppose. Uh, so they have all these voiceovers in the theatrical release of like Deckard explaining everything, and apparently it's like passionless voiceover. Oh, it's God. like like very bad. Like, I've never I've never seen the theatrical release either. I've seen I mean, the director's either. cut like twice. Yeah, I, and I don't even know if you can get the theatrical release now. God, I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds yeah. terrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's what happens when the suits decide. That would be like know. if somebody like went back and recut Star Wars and threw a bunch of shit on the screen <laughs> that we didn't need to see. God, what a tragic world that would yeah, be. Yeah, how horrible would that be? <laughs> are you guys aware? I'm sure you are. Dude, there's that guy that has been maintaining and like putting together from old bits of film reel the original Star Wars. Yes. Oh yeah. The um, the the uh what do they call it? The unmastered version or the the unmastered Oh, the unspecialized version. Unspecialized. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So that special Incidentally, edition. if anybody here gets me for Secret Santa, if you can get a Blu-ray burner and find a way to burn that, <laughs> I want it. Oh, I'll tell you what. If you if you have done that, I want one too. Yeah, right. The unspecialized edition is not complete and it doesn't have in, it, it's it doesn't have every scene in its original format. But it's very close to complete. Mm-hmm. Um, they and it's 
There was recently, um, <clears throat> I think they even did a rescan, so they have an even higher resolution version of this available. It yes. may well be 4K. Yeah. Wow. Um, it's an ongoing project. Does Disney not own the rights now to the original version? Oh, they do. Twentieth uh, Century Fox still maintains the rights for the original one. Do they not? Disney to, to Disney owned Fox. Disney owns Fox. Disney owns, you own Fox. Disney owns Fox. Oh, yeah, now. they do. They do. Yeah, so I guess they would have the rights to episode four. There's been talk for a long time about before Disney acquired this whole franchise of what was going to happen. And one of the things that people were excited for was, well, maybe Disney will do what the fans want. And just because now that it's completely outside the hands of George Lucas, maybe mm. we can get the original release. As like you know, yeah, a, a, you know, like a 4K Blu-ray you can buy and watch and all that. Lucas, honestly, <laughs> Lucas may just end up burning the fucking thing before Disney gets their hands on. I don't know. That according he has the according choice. to him, he has. According to him, there there's no master cut of the film, which I don't believe. Me either. I don't believe that for a that's second. A, that's a ridiculous. Yeah, there's Disney. Be. If you're listening, I will buy that. Yeah, as a fan of cinema. I will buy the unedited old school 1970s, you know, yeah. with, you know, with the, the bad, you know, limited special effects. I will buy that job yeah. of the hut is a fat Scottish guy. Yes, <laughs> I'll buy that for real. Yeah, I don't know. It's a uh, it's I'm not certain. Um, I'm not certain if we'll ever see it, but I'm pretty sure it's totally within Disney's <laughs> you know ability to release it. But the unspecialized edition is out there. And that gets me thinking. There's a lot of like you know when, when as regards sci-fi, there's a lot of very opinionated fans who yeah. have things that they really like the way they like them. Yeah. Well, I think it's I think it's because science fiction has this tendency to attract people who weeps. Who, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can just you can say it. people dorks. Well, people people who want to who want to play like they they can track the future progress of humanity and and. Science fiction sort of justifies a lot of their views, Yeah, I feel like. You know, people who got yeah. pushed into lockers when they were kids. <laughs> I um, mean, kind of. Yeah. But, I mean, that you know, that goes that goes a bunch of different ways. you got your, you know, dystopia cyberpunk fans that like Blade Runner and Deus Ex and, and what have you. Um, but then you've got, like, I don't know. I hesitate to call Trek fans optimists necessarily. No, you're right though, to an extent. And I we, think so. I mean like well like Trek itself is set in a very optimistic and humanist yes. timeline. Yeah. Uh humanist. That's that's you know kinda on the nose there. I, I think I think Star Trek kind of kind of doubly attracts, you know, the optimist humanist kind of crowd and also the detail oriented crowd. Yes. <laughs> like <Yeah>. me. Yes. <laughs> uh, Mr. Autism. <laughs> and and you, could, you, could, you could argue that most. I fandoms, prefer DS9. Mr. <laughs> I know the timeline of Trek. <laughs> <laughs> you could argue that a lot of fandoms have that subset, but I think it's pronounced yeah. in sci fi and especially in Star Trek. It's it. It's such a it's such a weird thing because like like Star Trek kind of started the idea and the and the popularity of fan conventions. Yeah, you're right. And when fans have this kind of community, it it it's like a bunch of processors working together. People will start seeing like, you know, well in this in this episode you said, you know, Transwarp theory was perfected in Stardate yada yada, but in this episode it clearly contradicts. Yeah. When you start getting into like the the minutia and the details like that, and I'm guilty of it too. I've I've spotted contradictions in Star Trek that I cannot ignore anymore now that I've <laughs> <Yeah>. seen them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I, you know, 
it's easy enough to just write it off and say, you know, it's you know, it's a television show. There's going to be yeah. inconsistencies. Yeah, but if you're if they're you know, if you're a super fan of something, then you know, you, it doesn't make your opinion any less valid if you're you know, sure. if you notice them. Sure. Yeah. Um. There's one of the big ones is there's a notable disconnect in the original series versus Next Generation of how uh, warp theory works. Um, in in original in the original series, it's just kind of like whatever number. Like the higher the number, the faster your fucking ship is going. Uh, in TNG, it's a clearly defined logarithmic scale. With warp ten being you exist everywhere in the universe at the same time. Oh, I thought that was just kind of always how it was. No, no, no. In the original series, you got you have like warp twelve or, or like whatever the fuck. Okay. But in, in in next generation, they more clearly define how warp works and and. Uh, but that makes more sense and is more scientific in a sense anyway. It's yeah. like if you have the if you if you define, you know, from like the slowest possible or stationary thing to the fastest yeah. possible or omnipresent thing. Right. It yeah. It, warp 10 is infinite velocity. Yeah. In other words, uh there it it starts at warp 0, the the theoretical maximum is warp 10. There's an episode of Star Trek Voyager regarded as one of the worst episodes of Trek where uh, Tom Paris ends up hitting Warp 10 and for some reason he starts turning into a salamander. <laughs> it's <laughs> what? <laughs> I can't even remember what the explanation was for it. Which which show was it again? This was Voyager. OK, um, it's and uh, that particular episode Voyager is better than people give it credit for. It's got some great episodes. But that particular episode uh, is regarded as one of the worst Star Trek episodes ever made. Yeah. It just kind of sounds it's like nonsense. It sounds like David Lynch directing an episode <laughs> yeah. of, of Star Trek. Yeah, it's really, it's really, really strange. Um, hey, um, well, no, go ahead. I don't want to interrupt you. I, have, I just have all kinds of thoughts, right? Yeah, I know me too. No, no, I'm, I'm, thinking this no, I'm sorry. I'm, me too. See, that's that's the problem. Now I'm now I'm getting into this Star Trek hole that I'm I'm yeah. gonna have right, trouble so extricating talk- myself from. I see. I tend to lean more towards like the Philip K. Dick. You know what I mean? You love Dick. Uh, I, 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 I love, love Dick. Dick. I love Dick. I've loved Dick since I was in high school. <laughs> right. I love Dick since I first discovered it. Yeah. I can't get enough Dick. I keep, you know. <laughs> real, uh, <laughs> real, real mind fucky stuff. Uh, Blade yeah. Runner is based on Dick. Correct. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, not only Blade Runner, but uh, uh, Minority Report. Mm-hmm. Um, Man in the High Castle. Man in the High a, Castle. a short story. Uh, my favorite one is... Um, Oh God! I forgot all about Minority Report. Shit, that was a good one. That was a really good one. Uh, Funny thing, who was in it? Uh, the, the movie version was uh, Robert Downey Jr., Keanu Reeves. You're talking. You're thinking of uh, a Scanner Darkly. Scanner Darkly. Oh, yeah. That yes. that that might be my favorite. Uh, That's you know, a very cool film adaptation, story wise and film. Yeah, the film adaptation is wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, a Scanner Darkly is is. <coughs> Because there's no, there's not a, there's very seldom a happy ending in a Philip K. Dick story. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, the Scanner Darkly is one, of, I think, one of the greatest pieces of, of modern sci-fi yeah. ever. I've, only, know, I've only seen bits and pieces of it. I got to sit down and watch. I never saw the original Scanners. Yeah. Um, I recently shared that head exploding gift to someone. Yeah. And well, I've seen that. It's, but I thought, it's why it's haven't immortal. I seen this movie? It's a legendary piece <laughs> 
of, of uh, uh, cinematography, this head exploding yeah. shot. It's yeah. so good. Why have I not seen that movie? Yeah. Yet? You know, total that, that kind of dystopian, total recall. Yeah. Um, you know, that super <laughs> dystopian kind of. I think AI. AI was one of his. AI was it? really good. Wasn't that based on a film? Um, it was called. It was a short story called. Super toys last all summer long. Yeah, right. Wow. Um, the yeah. the film adaptation of that is really good, if not a little, yeah, Spielbergian. You, you know, I think I think Spielberg tried to make that a Spielberg movie. Sure, as, as, as sure. is his want. Now, right, but like you know, I think uh, I actually I probably think someone like David Lynch would probably do that a lot of justice. Yeah, I think um, you're right. Yeah, yeah, maybe better than Spielberg could. You know. If uh, if I remember correctly, there was this. I I know I remember this. There was this really cool thing right before that movie came out, and it was back when like everyone was on AOL with Instant Messenger and all that, and there was a website for the AI movie, and if you went to it, you could chat with an AI bot that was supposed to be the kid from the movie, because that <laughs> wow. was when we were getting those like clever bot, clever yes, bot, yeah, so yeah. Like, yeah. Clever yes. Bot. So that was when we were starting to get those, like, you know, very rudimentary but basic AI kind of things you could talk to and have, like, pre-programmed conversations with. Right. I remember that blew my mind. It actually, like, sparked for me (laughs) months of, like, research into, like, what kind of AI systems we had available. And all they were, they were all pre-programmed. And I, I remember building... Like a rudimentary one that I could ask it some questions <laughs> and it would spit back the same response to. Right. I used to I used to do the same thing with Cleverbot that I now do with Miss Tina's Alexa, which is uh, <laughs> pr- try to prompt it to finish song lyrics. Yes. Um, <laughs> like I would like way back in the day, I typed in you know just a small town girl to Cleverbot and yeah. it would reply, "Living in a lonely world." Yeah. Um, and just recently with Alexa, I discovered that if you if you ask her, Alexa, who's the who's the uh, who's the black private dick that's a sex machine to all the chicks? She'll just answer <laughs> shaft. <laughs> Damn right. Damn right. Damn right. Just talk about <laughs> shaft. <laughs> that's amazing. That's so cool to me. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I think that's the stuff that I lean more towards is that real dystopian Mad Max. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Mm, uh, all yeah. of them. Yeah. Um, the Matrix. The Matrix. Yeah. The dystopian stuff has a certain appeal. Yeah. And you know what? I, I wonder if that mm. isn't like some basic craving in us for this like mm. highly complicated but basically functional world mm. that also makes us sick yeah. to end. Yeah. 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 It, it it it's it's a it's a great avenue into the the hero fantasy route of escapism where where you know. You can you as the viewer visibly see that the world sucks, so you're rooting for the protagonist when they decide to do something about yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Equilibrium yeah. is another good example. Yeah, yeah. makes um, sense. Oh, these are all great movies. By the way, if you're listening to this, these are all like great yeah. stories, great <laughs> movies to watch if you want to, you know, yeah. Yeah. dig deep there. I think my favorite, um, and this is maybe going to be really stupid to, to say out loud God, compared, sure stupid compared to some of the other stuff that's out. But I think my favorite piece of sci-fi gaming is is the Halo, their first Halo trilogy. No, the that's original. Not Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, like this, the story and the lore behind it is yeah. so well crafted. Yeah. And it's presented in, in a way that, you know, is is cinematic. It's really, you know, uh, you know, c- cinematically pretty cool. I remember yeah. when that game hit. Yeah. And I remember playing. I remember playing Captain Keys. Captain Keys. Right after that first touchdown on the ring world where you pop out of your pod. Yeah. I remember going, 
Oh my god, looking up at the ring above you. Yeah, yeah. And that's going, a trip, isn't it? This is the craziest thing I've yeah. ever seen. <laughs> How exciting that was. Yeah. Yeah. A donut-shaped world. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not in, in and of itself, I don't even think it's necessarily a concept unique to Halo. I think the ring world is a is a, like a thing that has existed previously in science fiction. That is possible. There's yeah. um there's an episode of TNG involving a Dyson sphere. Uh, which is a, a gigantic construct. It's a, a, it's a vacuum. It never loses suction. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm James Dyson. <laughs> <laughs> the Dyson ball. So, you, so you're Dyson saying this, ball. and then in my head, I'm thinking of, of space balls where they have the shield around the planet and the yeah. Mega Maid vacuums the air. Yeah, right. Suck. 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 <laughs> it's Mega Maid, sir. She's gone from suck to blow. <laughs> Um, but but it's it's essentially a gigantic complex built to encase an entire planet in yeah. its atmosphere. Okay, so it's not an inwardly facing planet. It's a thing that surrounds a planet. It's a thing that surrounds a planet, but like internally, it's a self-contained planet atmosphere, etc. That is effectively cut off from the rest of the universe. Uh, yeah. That's from an episode called Relics, which features uh, James Doohan reprising his role as Scotty. James. James. Doing it. Doing. <laughs> Doing. Um, so, okay, so here's the thing. What do you think the worst science fiction fandom is? The worst right fandom. Now, the Ooh. worst fandom. The worst science fiction fandom. Because there are some really high-level contenders, not to throw uh, anyone under the bus, Rick and Morty. Yeah, there yeah, Rick some, and Morty. Yeah. I think Rick and Morty terrible probably tops that list right like, now. Even even among Trek fans, yeah, like the new the new ones, the reboot continuity, which number one has the luxury of existing in a separate timeline because of course Star Trek can do that. It's established that they can do that, right? Uh, even Trek fans understand, like, okay, they're they're big budget blockbuster movies. It's going to be more action and less yeah. philosophy. Sure, yeah. that's fine. Yeah, like, and Star Trek fans are known for being real nitpicky. Yeah, and and but I even think they there, took this. I think they took this new film franchise reboot very well. Yeah, they did. It's it's not bad. They're good blockbuster movies. Yeah. I gotta say, they're pop- they, they came out in the summer. They're popcorn monsters. They, so you they, gotta yeah. know what, you, what you're getting into. They really they really mm-hmm. hit on the fucking Spock and Kirk bromance. I That's mean, right. yeah. <laughs> what more can you ask for? There's Chris Pine still, is a really good Kirk, and Zachary Quinto is a phenomenal Spock. Nothing better than the Wrath of Khan to me. I love Wrath of Khan oh, yeah. so much. No Star Trek movie will ever it's, top Wrath of Khan. Oh, it's, it's so good. Stone. Yeah. yeah, you don't even have to be a sci-fi fan to like Wrath of Khan. It's yeah. so and features one of the saddest movie moments ever. <laughs> it still gets me every single time. Yeah. One of the saddest. Mo- I'm not going to spoil anything no. if you've never watched Wrath you of have, Khan. If you haven't seen this yet, yeah. fuck you. Yeah, come on, you. If you haven't seen Wrath of Khan, one, one of the greatest sci-fi movies it, ever made. At what it's point so good. do we get to talk about things? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> just, uh, I mean, not to not to give anything away, but the title of the very next movie kind of gives away what happens. At yeah, the that's end. a good point. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. the <laughs> next movie, and this isn't a spoiler. The but search the next for Spock. movie is called The Search for Spock. The search for Spock. Uh, I wonder you, what happens in the Wrath of Khan. Yeah. <laughs> fucking uh, watch movies. It, even if you know what happens, it still hits oh, fucking Captain. hard. Yeah. It's logical. Yeah. It's, uh, I remember. I remember <laughs> incredible. when. Uh, I remember when when Leonard Nimoy passed away. And that the fucking clip from Wrath of Khan yeah. was going around Facebook, Ugh. and I was fucking dying. Oh, I know. Yeah, I couldn't handle it, man. The needs of the many. That way. 
the needs of the few. I will say this. The Star the Wars one. fandom or the one. The Star Wars fandom oh. is an equally Good shitty team. fandom. Yeah, I agree. The Star Wars fandom is and I would include myself in that. So weird. It's very bad right now. Because it also includes children. Yeah. And it should include children. Sure. Star Star Trek is marketed to children fucking hardcore. Oh, like that's Star smooth. Wars. Star Wars. Did I say Star Trek? You did. Star Wars is marketed to children fucking hardcore. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, ever since the Kenner toys, it's been about yeah. the fucking merchandise. Kenner is man. still making those old school toys. We have them at work. They're yeah. still making those old school action figures. <sighs> no like shit. not the crazy beefcake Luke Skywalker. They're making like the normal dude man. like... I gotta, I gotta get CG Grand Moff Tarkin That's out of right. my collection. <laughs> that's it looks right. just like the original Grand Moff right. Tarkin, but a little shittier. You know, I th- I, that's my one big nit. That's one of my three big nitpicks with that movie. Uh, they could have just had somebody who just, looks like Grand Moff Tarkin. Just have a younger guy that looks <laughs> like him. Right. That's all you got to do. Yeah. yeah. It's Benedict uh, Cumberbatch. Just get Benedict Cumberbatch. Sure. Oh my God. Right. Benedict, Why didn't we do that? He, he's got a big enough forehead. He can do it. <laughs> Bendy Toots Bandersnatch. That's right. As Honey Buns Cabbage Patch. Yeah. Benedict Cumberbunch, as our uh, friend Adam says. <laughs> yeah. Benadryl Whack and Snatch. <laughs> as as a young Peter Cushing. Absolutely. Yeah, right. Biscuit yes. mix. Bis- well, biscuit but mix. <laughs> with the. With the biscuit bitch bandersnatch, thank you. With yeah, basic me. bitch, <laughs> basic basic bitch Starbucks cup. <laughs> That's funny. Ba- baby chicks eggs will hatch. Well, okay. Except with <laughs> little bitty baby butt, you you would have to you would have to do a pretty good makeup or CG job on him, because, considering the fact that Rogue One takes place in exactly the same time frame right. as Episode Four. Yeah, yeah. you, you got to have like Peter Cushing looking looking like Peter Cushing, except of course he's dead. But once again, I mean, we could have cast someone else. I mean, I just I feel it's like o- it's okay to do that. Yeah, you, you can. It you is. know what I mean? You, it did it did pull me out of that movie a lot. One of my it was weird. One of the one of my one of the things I really like about DS9 is is there was a potential for a major cast shakeup, and then there was a major cast shakeup that they both of which they handled in brilliant ways. Um, I can't spoil the second one, but the first one involved uh, Nana Visitor, who plays Major Kira Norris, mm-hmm. uh, getting pregnant uh, with the child of her co-star Alexander Sadig, who plays Doctor Julian Bashir. Oh, really? Um, in, she was terrified that they were going to write her out of the show because she. They, had, yeah, they do that. That's how TV works. The writers of the show worked her pregnancy into a, a whole fucking new story arc. And they committed to this thing. That's really nice. It's really obvious that they did it. It's a little immersion breaking, but it's totally worth it because yeah, there, is, it. there yeah. is no DS9 without Major Kira. She is my fucking sci-fi alien crush, and I love her. <laughs> <laughs> she is bona fide badass. Bonafide badass. Well, that too. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so they they worked around a fucking pregnancy yeah. in order to keep her on the show. That's really nice. A lot of the time, I feel like TV discards women easily to begin with, but especially mm-hmm. pregnant women. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, unless you are one of the top two names on a show, they tend to just find a way to get rid of you. Yeah. So ra- yeah, rather than I know a- this as a pregnant woman <laughs> <laughs> who has been in many television yeah. shows. 
Yeah, rather than rather than uh, awkwardly write her out of the show, they uh, they did some Star Trek sci-fi shit to explain why all of a sudden someone, Kira, Kira so, looks like a balloon. Someone yeah. came in her. Right. So <laughs> it's actually it's that's artfully said, Chris. Thank you. Someone Very, came yes. in her. That's how you said it, and that's how I'm gonna remember. <laughs> yep. The actual the actual reason for it is is peak Star Trek weird. Okay. But it kept her on the show, so it's fine. Essentially, a baby was transplanted using the transporter oh. into her. Oh, okay. Because the, because the actual mother was grievously injured, and she general goodness. now carry, carries the baby to term. <laughs> oh, wait. It's so a, she willingly accepts the baby because a pregnant mother is dying. Is the idea? Yeah, it's um, yeah, uh, <clears throat> Chief O'Brien's wife, spo- okay. uh, Keiko O'Brien. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Um, gets Keiko. Re- Keiko, uh, Panko. Ja- Japanese woman. Panko. Panko. <laughs> Panko O'Brien. Uh, yeah, gets gets uh gets injured or poisoned or something, so they they the daughter chicken to save the to save the baby, they use the transporter to put it inside Major Kira. There's some sci-fi mumbo jumbo yeah, explaining whatever, how it's it. possible. Yeah. But basically, that's why she's pregnant. Whatever. It, move yeah, on. Right ever. Yeah. They make they make a semi-decent storyline out of it, because now she's like a third member of this of this new family. <laughs> it's it's strange. It is strange. Yeah, whatever. Fuck it's it. a it's a pretty it's entertaining, to say the least. What sci-fi franchises are we completely ignoring right now? We've talked about a couple. How about video game sci-fi franchises? Yeah, Deus Ex. Deus Ex, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, a lot of them. Gears of War. Gears of War. Like, what do you think is the most out there, kind of innovative? Setting aside, we already talked about Halo. Literally anything that Hideo Kojima does. Subnautica. Yeah. Subnautica. Um, the, new, the new one that Kojima has. Death Stranding. Looks fucking weird. God, when is that coming out? I don't know, but as I'm, soon I'm, as they figure out what the fuck it's about yeah right I don't, <laughs> i'm gonna buy it it looks incredible how fucking pissed were you guys when they canceled silent hill still pissed yeah i mean and i didn't even have a very station i yeah. wasn't even gonna oh, get to extraordinarily play pissed hideo kojima and guillermo del toro making a game starring norman reedus yeah, are you yeah. fucking kidding me they canceled that yeah then yeah. sony my, heard that and went nah literally everybody was gonna buy that. my my Everyone. theory my theory is that the the head of Konami, their CEO, whatever the fuck his name is, mm-hmm. uh, 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 Tojo McJapperson? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh wow, <laughs> we're going there. <laughs> McJapperson. Now what? Mc, na- what Mc, nationality is? He, he's an Irish chap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mick, yeah. Mick Jaggerson, maybe? I don't know. Mick Japerson. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Musashi O'Connor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. No. Let's just gloss right past that. I yeah. couldn't come up with a better name that didn't sound uh, any less better, racist. Yeah, right. Mick Japerson. Oh, Henry Nipson. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? I don't, I don't know. What, whoever Not, is in charge of Konami, I think eighteen nineties de- racism. <laughs> That's what's happening. <laughs> I think he developed a sudden allergic reaction to money, and so he decided <laughs> that Konami wanted nothing to do with loads and fucking mountains of money ever again. So their first step was to fire Hideo Kojima. Second step was to make a zombie game in the Metal Gear Solid universe. Second, yeah, sure. second step was to make something that is barely distinguishable from a phone game, but somehow more boring. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
and then uh, and now they're uh, oh fuck what what was it they're doing? They're doing something with with Silent Hill where there's like not going to be a new Silent Hill for a long long time. Oh, but they're going to develop one eventually. I don't like, know. Who can, knows at this point? It's just crazy. To oh end. no, you know what it was. Um, hmm. Uh, people who had downloaded PT, yeah, uh, no longer have access to it. Yeah, that's really disappointing. I mean, we have lots of archival There's, footage of this game now, but that's there, still disappointing. There is. Uh, one of the theories is that like people who've changed their PSN IDs uh, now, like it's it doesn't recognize the the registry. It's now lo- no longer. Um, yeah. But what's upsetting is that Konami is not going to take any steps to fix it. No, of course not. They're not gonna. They're not gonna fix that shit. That's is, well disavowed now. That was a bit of a PR stunt more than anything. It's over now. I love Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid is borderline sci-fi. Um, oh, it is. I think it's yeah. very sci-fi. It's like a future military sci-fi, like like uh, like uh, Dune or something. I don't know. It's like. I, well, I, I have no. F- <laughs> I don't. I don't. I, I never I, saw Dune, but I, I think, have no I think familiarity. I, I think I know Dune. what it is. I don't uh, know. <laughs> The spice must flow is all I know. <laughs> yeah, in Metal Gear Solid, it's more like the war economy must flow. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's kind of it. Uh, the, gi- like, the giant nuke shooting robots must flow. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, right. It's uh, sort of like uh, Starship Troopers, except in the universe of like, uh, oh, what's a good example? No, fuck. Okay, forget Star- it. Starship Troopers, uh, maybe in the universe of. Black Hawk Down, <laughs> or like Command and Conquer first person mode. Okay, that's uh, that might be a, a good one. Um, yeah, like Hideo Kojima draws a lot of his inspiration from American action movies, yeah. and it really shows. Yeah, uh, it, and Metal Gear Solid, the entire franchise, is a classic example of what good can come from cross cultural yeah. influences. Um, Metal Gear Solid Five breaks my fucking heart. Because it's such a good game. There's so many ways to play it. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It looks gorgeous. It's one of the best freeform stealth games I have ever played. Yeah, it's so it's super yeah. good. And it isn't finished and never will be. Yeah. <laughs> the story the story comes to a hard stop at the end of Act Two. There was originally gonna be a third act. Konami cut Kojima off before the game could be completed and just released it as is. I just did some digging into Konami and it seems like a lot of the I know there was a lot of personal stuff with Kojima for the reason that they cut it, but a lot of it seems like the way that they treat their employees too Uh, there seems to be some pretty harsh criticism about the way Konami treats their employees like oh, video game industry is an industry where you're going to work insanely crazy hours but like things like not giving them health insurance oh my god yeah so that was a, a big thing. Well, Kojima, I know from what I hear, he's he can be a little difficult to work with because he's got a vision and and he's he's also just a weird guy. OK, yeah. but he's also right. I mean, he knows how to make a good he knows how to make a ga- good game. Like yeah. he, I would just you let him do it. He's like the crazy millionaire. You, you know, you just let him let him do what he needs well, to do. Who's who's he working for right now? His with own Death Stranding. He's got his own Kojima thing. Projection. Okay. Kojima Studios. So that's a studio. Who's who's publishing it? Do we know anything Kojima else? Studios. Kojima Studios. Yeah, he's Wait, his own really? Publisher, so yeah. he's the whole package and he's what selling this Yeah. This new game is going to fucking kill it by the way. He is, go- he's he's fucking- going to just obliterate what we think we know about video games. Where's the money coming from? Just Kojima? Oh yeah, he, dude, he owns Silent oh, Hill and Metal Gear Solid. Oh, I mean, there's there's funding. I'm sure there's funding coming in from other sources. Yeah, but the uh, okay. So he, uh, 
<laughs> the thing is, like, we uh, we've Chris and I specifically have talked on the show before about how Splinter Cell Chaos Theory is one of the most perfect games ever made. Yeah, um, it's one of the most objectively perfect games there. Like, there's no flaws. Yeah, uh, Metal Gear Solid Three Snake Eater also qualifies there. There are no flaws in that game that I can think of. I can't. I seriously like. I've I've played through that game four or five times. I can't find a single fucking thing wrong with it. Yeah, it's that good. And Hideo Kojima is responsible for the majority of it. Yeah, you know, uh, this is a thing with with. Japanese producers, uh, Yoko Taro uh, has been a more recent one. He was uh, responsible for the production of Near Automata. Oh, okay. Uh, which is another really mind fucky uh, sci fi romp. Uh, okay. Through a through a um, uh, shit. I can't even t- I can't even uh, describe the <laughs> concept of the game without giving shit away. It's well, a- like, how does it start? You you play as uh, Yorha Unit Type B number two, two B is her name, uh, and you are fighting a war against mechanized. She's an android. Okay. She is a humanoid robotic life form. She's like deployed as a weapon. Yes, like to, a like artificial soldier. Yes, off of a off of uh, one of many orbital stations around Earth. To essentially reclaim the Earth from these robotic life forms that were deployed there uh, during an alien invasion. Okay. The remaining humans, you are told, are are safely locked away on the moon, and you are in you are in the unquestioning service of mankind. And in so saying, you're telling me that maybe the story that is that is given to our lead character is not a hundred percent true. If you've played the first near, there are things that you may know that Tubi does not. Okay. I'll leave it at that. That's really cool. The fir- I love that. <laughs> the first near is a fucking trip. I, I've seen people play through it. I haven't gotten a chance to play it myself. Okay. I, I don't especially care to now that I know all of its twists and turns and ins and outs. Yeah, right. Um, Near itself is a sequel to one of the five canon endings of the first Dragon Guard. Incidentally, really, this is where it gets fucked up. <laughs> Wait, it, like a legit sequel, a an actual sequel to one of five canon endings of the first Dragon Guard game. Dragon Guard ending A diverges into Dragon Guard two and three. Dragon Guard ending E results in Near. Near results in Near Automata. Okay. Trust, trust me, it makes <laughs> it does make some kind of sense. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, if you say so, near automata though, you can play near automata, com- completely bereft of of um, of context with regards to the first near. But uh, the point is that Yoko Taro, uh, the producer and director of the game, is now sort of like his own like video game developer rock star in his own right. Yeah. Um, I like this thing. Yoko Taro fucking, uh, compliments people on, on pornography. They've drawn of the characters from near automata <laughs> and asks for more <laughs> when okay. there have been questions about like why he, you know, you've seen two B you see, you know, the outfit. It's like, no, a, it's like not. a, it's like a skimpy little outfit that yeah. she wears. And it, you know, 
perfect for a soldier. He's, yeah, right. <laughs> well, his his reasoning for designing her like that was, I just like girls. <laughs> You know, totally shameless about it. Honest. Yeah, there is something to kind of admire about these sort of weirdo auteur types. I yeah, mean, like I feel like they're often kind of complicated, and they're sometimes they're even like pieces of shit. I guess because they're enabled to be their most extreme self. Sure, but there is something Cliffy to be. Yeah, right. Like, there's something to love about these. Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, yeah like NASA, right. noted piece of shit. Quentin Stanley Kubrick. Tarantino. Like these yeah. crazy, bold, visionary pieces of shit. Like I cannot help but love what they make because oftentimes, John it's, it's, Waters. Yeah, it's like a deep dive into like <laughs> one kind of head, and isn't that like ultimately better than some like. Service level white bread bullshit. Yeah, right. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, wouldn't you <laughs> James rather Cameron? Wouldn't you rather get a little crazy? Yeah. Absolutely. James Cameron used to get a little crazy, yeah. and I miss those days. <laughs> I miss Terminator Two. Yeah. yeah. Oh, how fucking good was? Oh God, those movies <laughs> make my dick hard. This time uh, there are two. Yeah, I love. Have I, you seen this boy? I haven't been watching Terminator in a long fucking, time. Ter- Dude, those movies are fucking good. I haven't seen the last like, three good. movies. Another pair of movies Aubrey hasn't seen. Oh, man. Terminator is so fucking well, good. Well, to say nothing of the newer one. I mean, there's like how many? In the, there's like five or maybe yeah, six five or in the six entire point, franchise. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, getting a, it's getting a little ridiculous. Terminator Wait, 2 was Liquid Man, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that was, um, oh, what's his name? Is it, uh, I can't Dutch remember his name. name. Yeah, oh, I can't remember. Uh, not Paul Verhoeven. Uh, that's RoboCop. Um... Oh, God damn it. What was the cop's name? I can't in remember. It too. doesn't matter. Uh, T-1000. Yeah. But if you know it, Fuck. send an email uh, to. <laughs> yeah. Famously also on The Sopranos in the second season. Oh, what character was he? He was the guy who they, um, uh, Scatino, the one whose store they busted out. Oh. Yeah. yeah, 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 they, I do. Like, they, he kept making charges so he could uh, hassle yeah, money from that's him. right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, no, like, all right, on the topic of video game sci-fi, right? Okay. I already said Halo, right? So sure. Halo. He, big Halo fan for obvious reasons. I if know you where you're going. Dude, if you haven't played Halo, then, you know, but uh, Bioshock, I mean. Oh, I didn't realize you were going there. Okay. <laughs> I know where you're going. Oh, wait. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about, because you just mentioned Cliffy. I thought oh, you were going to Gears. Gears of War. No. No. Uh, no. Bioshock, Bioshock is, is in peak sci-fi. Incredible. Peak sci-fi. Peak storytelling. Yeah. That's the way, you know what I mean? That's the way I feel like a video game should be done if you if you are trying to tell a story with yes, it. Yes, that's perfect. It's, um, it's done, It's done. you know, perfectly. What's the, the guy's uh, name? Levine? Ken Levine, yeah. Ken Levine. Yeah. So I remember when the first game came out. Mm-hmm. And back in those days, I remember reading, like, Xbox Magazine. Yeah, official Xbox, yeah. LXM. Yeah. Um, and I remember they had a long, like, uh, two or three or four page spread of interview questions with yeah. them. And that was the first time I, I have felt that like, issue at home I in my you, closet. I bet yeah. you do. Yeah. I remember that was me going, okay, for the first time, video games really are, to me, a medium that is as, as capable of telling a story yes. as just reading a story. Right. Because story has always been important to games. Absolutely. But I feel like that's a narrative. That's a carefully yeah. constructed story that does exactly what you would hope out of a great story. Exactly. Now, yeah. what, uh, what story is this? We're Bioshock. talking about Bioshock. The first oh, point. God. Um, yeah. I remember. Do you remember the, the teaser trailer for Bioshock? Um, the teaser trailer is is a what you find out, what you realize once you've played the game is a 
uh, a splicer chasing after splicers. Chasing after a little sister. Um, and, and at the end of the get knocked out, and then you just see the bear dragging. Well, at the at the end of the teaser trailer, you know he corners this little girl, and then all of a sudden you hear this grinding <laughs> mixed with like meat. You know what I mean? Yes. And the character looks down, and there's a drill through his chest. Yes. And then you just see it, you know, pull out, and then he falls down, and then you see the big daddy for the first time. That teaser trailer was a mind fuck. We should probably do a little bit of. Service to people listening to this who might not have played Bioshock, yeah. which I, I'm aware is unlikely, but still. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. If you haven't played Bioshock by now, you have never wanted to. Yeah, right. right exactly. <laughs> but the basic setup and this game is still good. They actually released a remaster like mm-hmm. four years ago or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Which is also good. I uh, I think uh, owners of the first game on Steam uh, actually get the remaster free. Yeah. Yeah. So in the off chance that you haven't played this, it's a guy named Andrew, Andrew Ryan. Ryan. Uh, which is Andrew an anagram Rand. itself of Anne Rand. Anne Rand? Anne Rand? Ayn Rand. Ayn Rand. Ayn Rand. You say Ayn Rand, <laughs> I say Grandma's Cunt, <laughs> <laughs> Um, But yeah, basically he is the classic sort of like 40s to 50s tycoon. Wow. Probably more, right. actually in the game actually Howard Hughesian. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's, he's like, yeah. A, he's a very wealthy uh, visionary type, uh, sort of uh, greed is good kind of like a yeah, yeah, industrialist, yeah. Real, real Satanist kind of philosophy, like yeah. uh, the the, the advancement deserve. of man and damn the people who don't deserve it, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and he builds an underwater city, and in that underwater city are all kinds of neighborhoods and constructs. Yeah, and he he brings the idea is he brings the greatest minds of the time. Yeah. To live in, ra- he calls it rapture. Yes, rapture. Yeah. Which is, is a man not entitled to the sweat of his brow. It's a millionaire's playground deep under the sea. Right. Right. Basically. Yeah. Uh, and that's basically all we really need to say. But I yeah. love, I love the story. Not just the environment that it takes place in, and the uh, the character design, and all the the sort of beauteousness of it, but the fact that it relies on some really clever. Storytelling yes. tricks to to surprise you in ways mm-hmm. you're not expecting. It's a yeah. very surprising story, and I think every Bioshock game has done that. Yes, with varying degrees of success. I think the first one and the third one are the strongest. Mm-hmm. Second one was very good, also. Yeah, second I, one was very good. You also. know, I own it. I haven't played it. Oh, it's good. I, I'm gonna, it's good. I'm going to do it. You should. The second one is good because it, at, there's no pre-programmed boss fights. At any given moment, the big sister can show up and fuck your shit up. Oh Jesus! And I mean, <laughs> at any moment, no matter <laughs> where you're at, you could be down on your luck in the worst possible place. Don't like that. Here comes one. Here comes R and Jesus, <laughs> you know. Well, because that um, and game, those fights are tricky. Those are yeah. Because you know, she's game, all over the place. I feel like the first game maybe didn't. You you can remind me. I can't remember if the first game relied so much on these portals in the wall for the little sisters to come out of. Yeah, the the the, the they're like air vents basically. I but can't remember if that was the first game too or just the second. No, game. that was the first game. No, I don't remember any portals. They're like they're little, little, holes, in they're the little holes in the wall. Oh, oh, yeah. portholes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not, they, not like, not like, no, right. not like no. aperture science they, portals. They were in the first, uh, we'll talk about portal incidentally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of great sci-fi or half-life for that matter. Yeah. I have never played a better fucking sci-fi game than half-life two. I think half-life three confirmed guys. <laughs> That's going to happen. It's not happening. No, it's, it's just, <laughs> but like, 
Don't toy with my I emotions, know. David. I know. That's all we all want. <laughs> but no, it'll happen eventually, though. Bioshock, I mean... Uh, it might not. They nailed atmosphere to a point that I think maybe no other game has ever, has done since. Well, think about how Half-Life many... Half-Life 2. How many oh, games... Since. 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 Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> think about how many games would you actually want to buy the vinyl soundtrack to, realistically. Yeah. Like, would you actually plunk money down? Because the, the Bioshock Half soundtrack... Life too. Jet Set Radio Future. Jet Set Radio Future. <laughs> yeah. like the Bioshock soundtrack came out in that very cool, old-style yeah. packaging with the... If yeah. I didn't yeah, like, if you didn't play it on a Victrola, you were doing it wrong kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> Underneath the sea lab... Underneath the water Sea lab Um Uh, uh, fuck Atmosphere in sci-fi games How about alien isolation? Alien isolation is fucking terrifying The atmosphere kills it Watching you play it was enough Yeah, it was, it's I still haven't beaten it because I'm I'm a gigantic pussy But I, I, I love that they kept in like the 80s style text consoles, you know, yeah. like with the green text with the, the big blinking block right. cursor. It's a very important every, uh, aspect of design. Every part of that game's design is brilliant yeah. and yeah. it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, as far as. Oh, OK. Oh, as, how about aesthetically in movies? Mm-hmm. Oh, or, or, well, let's extend it to TV shows, too. What's your favorite, like, sci-fi aesthetic in, like, a movie or a TV show? Ooh. Overall aesthetic? The overall look? I like the... Yeah. I like the, I do like the Giger look in Alien a lot. It's pretty cool. The, the, it's the, pretty trippy. Yeah, the butthole portals and, you know, <laughs> the really weird... Wet, everything looks wet. Oh, yeah, like, you everything know, has to be, like, lightly dampened. <laughs> yeah, for some reason. Because it's organic, so no, it should be somehow It's moistened. really unsettling. In spite of all the flaws that Prometheus had, I'm glad they kept that aesthetic for that. Uh, you guys can... Just for that sake. You guys can poo-poo this whether you want to or not. Oh, I will poo-poo. I don't know if it's technically qualifies as sci-fi or not, but uh, one of my favorite horror movies ever is The Thing. Um, <sighs> I think it's absolutely sci-fi. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, well, it deals with an alien sci-fi. and a yeah. spacecraft. Yeah, okay. It is sci-fi. And I will have you know, I just recently, days ago... Watched this with Christy for the first time. She had never seen oh, the thing. Oh, horrifying. We watched it, the first half of it, Halloween night, and the next half of it, that's I a, think, the following that's Saturday. That's a good horror flick, The man. fucking blood test scene gets me every uh, single I know, time. I, know. I, yeah. I, like, I, I have the movie in my head. I know the movie. Yeah, right. And yet every time that scene comes up, it makes me fucking jump out yeah, of my skin. Me too. Yeah. I, that's the thing that surprised me when we watched it together was I was surprised how <laughs> dreadful I felt. Yeah. Even knowing where it was going. Something to be said about isolation. Yeah. You, uh-huh. you and a couple uh-huh. people in the middle of nowhere. And I think that's and very you're trapped. It's a common thing to horror. Yeah. And I think that the thing is largely horror. Um, is that thing? It's the uh, it's the same thing with like Friday the Thirteenth of like everyone's isolated, they're away from everyone, and there's the monster, and they have to escape it. You know, like sure, right? Like either being isolated or being. But the thing puts me in a, in a believable situation where they're isolated. Yeah, right. So you know what they're I mean? alone for a reason that I can wrap my head around. Exactly. <laughs> this is a place in one of the pl- few places in the world where you can pour scrambled eggs out of a pan and they will freeze in midair right. on the right of your plate. Yeah, it's already. Unearthly, but they're they're there. They're on Earth. Yeah. Right. They're there for a mission. They're there for a scientific expedition. Yeah. And yet, despite all of that grounding, 
It's the loneliest fucking place in the world. Right. Antarctica right. is the largest desert on Earth. Right. Yeah. It's and I would absolutely not go there to do anything. No, absolutely. not after seeing the thing. I fucking wouldn't. To be honest, I'd love to see it. I don't think there's ever a scenario in which I will ever get to. But here's I the would. thing about the thing. If I was a government, you know, if I was there, if I was sent by the government to study something in Antarctica. They could just say I never went there in the first place. Oh, yeah. If I died, if you die, you could be forgotten happened. so easy. Yeah. If you went to Antarctica, <laughs> you could be erased. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Ugh. God. Yeah. That movie is bone chilling. How about on the lighter side of things? Um, if we're talking about uh, aesthetics, how about the fucking how about Men in Black, man? Oh, yeah. Men in Black does a really good job. That yeah. br- that brings me back to that brings me back to a, a, a real fun time in my childhood. And that's the sort of movie that you wouldn't see get made anymore today. No. You know, that's all three of them are really good, actually. Yeah, I like all of them. The Men in Black is I consider it to be in the same vein as Ghostbusters. because yeah. It's like you got to take a real big gamble to make a horror comedy. Yes. Or a sci fi. Com- like anything that really kind of matches those two things together. You either knock it out of the fucking park right. like Ghostbusters, like Men in Black or it falls completely flat. Like Biodome. <laughs> Biodome. Oh, God. Technically I sci-fi. Just, yeah. I have seen Biodome. Yeah. It ain't great. It's not, it, it isn't. I'm sorry, guys. It's no, not. it's not. Biodome really is not but, great. But, but just because they're trapped in a bubble yeah. didn't mean they couldn't cause any trouble. Uh, right? You. Right? See, like, Men in Black was, was like came from that magical time period when we were, you were just kind of pushing up to the edge of the millennium. Yeah. You know, that was, that was when like blue by Eiffel 65 came out <laughs> and you had that with its crudely animated aliens and its yeah. goofy music video <laughs> lens flares all over the place. <laughs> but that, that grabbed me. That really hooked me. Yeah. Cause it was like, like, holy shit. In like five years, we're going to be like cruising through the solar system yeah. meeting aliens and shit. I want to talk about this. You've just, stumbled on something that's really interesting to me is that yes. sci-fi and its visualizations of the future are super defined by the time in which they're created absolutely yes. and so when you go back to say like you know classic 50s sci-fi <laughs> sure there's all kinds of weird A- attack of the 50 foot woman and yeah and there's like weird like there's like representations of atoms all over everything they because live. that's what was like yeah, new right. and exciting to them you know yeah, yeah. There's like atomic shit everywhere and yeah. everything's silver and smooth. Right. And then you go forward like like another 20 years and all of a sudden everything's like pure white. Right. Like there's no there's no chrome shit. It's all like pure white shit. We're, uh, we're in the territory you know, of like, uh, 2000, like 2001. 2001. Yeah, yeah so exactly. All of a sudden everything's clean and white we're and there's lots of talk like about a bone computer movie. stacks everywhere. <sighs> we almost wa- I have 2001 on Blu-ray and I thought about that and, and we were we were going to watch that until my mom told me she'd never seen seven. <laughs> we were going to watch 2001 and Trisha was like, is that really is that really a scary movie, though? And I'm like, it is to me. Yeah. <laughs> what, 2001? Yeah, it's fucking it terrifying. Is scary. It the movie is scares the bone shit out of me. But it's funny, then jump. OK, so that's the 70s. It's but the pure the, white shit. White, right? Yeah. And all these clean edges yeah. and like rudimentary computers. Right now, when you think of 80s sci fi, when I think of 80s sci fi, I, I feel like, OK, so I think of Arnie personally, yeah, right? Arnie. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> so, you know, lots of complicated, greeble, overloaded metal things. Sure. You know, yeah. laser stuff. 
uh, yeah. present in the past as well. But like, you know, I have a, that's part of it. And then sci-fi's like, kind of riding the Battlestar Galactica wave at this point. Yeah. By the time you hit the 90s, the future of sci-fi is whatever they could generate with CG. Sure. So like, you know, and sometimes yeah. it's weird cartoony stuff. It's like, Men you know, in black. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But yeah, Men in Black is We're just not the hosting an intergalactic hanger. <laughs> just the right amount of comic bookiness in, yeah. in Men in Black. It's just funny oh, it how was, like it was perfect. Yeah, every era the has its idea of what the future is going to look like, and I think that's so interesting and weird. Like, yeah, think about the, the the day the Earth stood still. Yeah, I was just gonna say you have a very, one of my all time favorite sci fi movies. A straight up saucer with a straight up big metal man. Yeah, right? yeah. looks basically like uh, you know Danger Will Robinson Mother kind of thing. Fucking Gort. Yeah. yeah. Gort. Um, it's just funny how our idea of the future is so obviously limited when we look back. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you well when you're, you're talking about War of the World specifically, mm-hmm. it's a pretty transparent, you know, Cold War allegory. Sure, of course. Yeah. You know, the moral is stop nuking each other. Aliens from beyond the stars are going to come kill everyone. Which yeah. is ultimately that's the thread that connects all sci-fi in this way. Is it? It really is always forward thinking for a better world. Yeah. Other we, or, or the flip side, everything falls apart, and you know it's like disaster landscape, sure. like Mad Max yeah, kind Mad of Max, stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. You're right. It goes one of two routes. It's either yeah. It's either humanity is shown or realizes at some point that like our allegiances, our nationalities don't really matter that much in the grand scheme of things, or we fail to realize that. And then we end up in Blade Runner. Right. Well, and the thing is like for two different or neuromancer for for two different branching storylines, there's so many different ways to present each of those theories that sci-fi can never be boring because someone can always come up with a new version of how can this go to shit or how can this become great? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's always, there's always that, you know, you know, it's you know, two branching paths with with endless possibilities between them. You know, you know what I thought was a bit underrated in that regard was uh, Looper. Looper um, was really good. I didn't see Looper. Looper was surprisingly good. It was um, good. There that surprised me. It te- it sort of tells you really early on, in its own kind of way. Uh, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt has some monologues, uh, kind of setting up the world and setting up what he does and what his job is. Uh, it sort of expl- it sort of tells you early on if you're paying attention. Don't look too much into the mechanics of time travel. I don't understand it. I don't expect you to understand it. This yeah, is, right. I'm just telling you yeah, this just fucking like, story. Dismiss this part because that's not the important part. Right. Which is a really good move. He's just yeah. he's a mob hitman. Yeah. And and. Yeah, the the entire point is like, look, I don't fucking get it. I'm just telling you this story. Yeah. Yeah, Looper was surprisingly like a like even better than I thought it would it be. It was good. Honestly. The yeah. dynamic between him and Bruce Willis is very good in that movie. It's so it's so weird. I would never have thought in a million what a, years. What a cool story idea. <laughs> that Joseph Gordon Levitt being a young Bruce Willis would work so well, yeah. but it really they, works. They, I mean they the dynamic between those two is so good in that film. When I heard that, I didn't buy it. I'm glad that it actually works because it, it does. I haven't it seen does. it yet. Only it, because I, of the performances and the way it's filmed. Okay. Joseph Gordon-Levitt does a pretty convincing Bruce he Willis. He does, yeah. If it, you can ignore the way he looked in Die Hard, <laughs> you get you get you do have to suspend your disbelief a little. But he does a really good, like convincing young Bruce Willis. He's okay. got he's got the squint, he's got the attitude, okay. he's got the body language. That's yeah. the thing is, if if those two guys get cast in a movie. 
Bruce Willis isn't doing his best Joseph Gordon-Levitt impression. Right. No. Right. <laughs> like, no. It's going to be. You are absolutely right. Right. It's and going to be the other way. And I and I think they knew that going in. Sure. Sure. <laughs> they had to have. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt knew that going in. Sure. Would you, if you're, take, think of it that way. Like, if you're 30 years younger than the guy you're playing yeah. opposite, do right. you do you want to? You know what's up. You want to? You who doesn't want to be Bruce Willis? I want to be Bruce Willis. Yeah, yeah. Right. Who doesn't want to be John cool fucking McClane? You know what? Going back to Blade Runner twenty forty nine, I think that's one of the things that makes Ryan Gosling's performance is is he sort of knows who he's acting alongside. Correct. And yeah. he sort of brings his own thing to the table, but he it it it, it is sort of you know. Because because um, he knows he's the young guy on the block. Yeah. Mm. Gosling's character is, is uh, also a Blade Runner. It's established at the beginning of the movie that he's a Blade Runner and a replica and a replica. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, yeah. And he he sort of brings his own thing to the table. But there's definitely that that, you know, that calm and collected air about him that, yeah. you know, Ford puts on in the original. Yeah, there's definitely, you know, it's it's a spiritual successor rather than a straight sequel, which is what is, you know, what is so. I think that's great. Right which is it. what it should have been. Yeah, Absolutely. They, they nailed it. And I love the minimalistic st- aesthetic that they used for that movie. Oh, God. Because if they would have thrown shit all over the screen like every other yeah. sci-fi movie does, it wouldn't have worked. That, that, build, Blade Runner. that building yeah. with the designer girl inside. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's it's just like this. It looks like, you know, you could imagine just walking in there and there's like a token fern on either side of you and someone's sitting on a Commodore 64. It's that bland, you know, just fucking like. It's almost offensively clean. How can I help you? Yeah, offensively clean. It's almost offensively clean in the sense that. Is a great way of putting it. Like the fact that it's not that it feels unnatural. It feels very purposeful and accurate, but it feels inhuman. And there's something good about that. Yeah, in yeah, inhuman architecture. There's yeah. not a lot of windows on that building. No, you might notice. Not. Yeah, right. I mean the the very the very notion of like a giant pyramid shaped sort of like headquarter kind of thing too is like it's 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 anti-human. Yeah, we need to use the space. Well, <laughs> if you look at the landscape in in both the Blade Runner movies, do you really want windows? Because the outside world sucks. Yeah, right. Like kind of if you had windows, yeah. you'd cover yeah. them up. Uh. You know, there's a building on Mahoning Avenue right by the 11 overpass yeah, that right. that gives me that same vibe. It's it's that all brown building, and it's the one where the windows just kind of go around the perimeter. You know what I'm talking about? It's like I do. You know the building? It's the one directly about? across from the get-go there. Yes. It's oh. right when you get off yeah. 11 at yeah, you Mahoning. Know that, yeah. You know that building? Yes. And it's got that no sign No one knows front. what that building is for. It's It's got that <laughs> sign out front where the... <laughs> Where the signs are all in that weird digital 80s font. It's such nobody knows what that building is. It gives me that exact same kind of vibe. I can imagine walking in and seeing a secretary with like a perm up to here. Yeah. You know, working on a fucking Apple Lisa and and, you know, yeah, she asks you to scan in on a thumbprint scanner that looks 40 years old. It's it's like if Vaporwave was a building. You know the building I'm talking about. Though. I absolutely it's, do. Yeah. You're right. It's such a strange looking. It's I was, out of I was place thinking in like, 2018. I had I had I was mixing 680 with 11, but yeah, yeah. I know where you you're at. Weird about yeah. that building. For the longest time, I thought there was a pool in it. Because for the longest time, I thought that was the YMCA. Because as a kid, I went to the Y, and then when I grew up, I was just like, oh, it's that place. Yeah. I have no idea why I thought that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not a YMCA. Well, they recently redesigned the Y downtown. Okay. Um, it's it's a bit less imposing now. 
it's a bit less like just a big cube of bricks okay. and it's, it's got more of a welcoming demeanor to it, which is appreciated. Um, yeah. I wanted to talk a bit about, um, we were talking about Looper. Uh, Looper has a couple of really shocking scenes in it. Yeah. Close to the beginning of Looper, there's a scene where, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is doing his job and he gets a, a, a guy that's supposed to be whacked or whatever, whacked off. Future whacked. Yeah, <laughs> I think right. it's whacked off. Right. Hard. <laughs> Robert, we're Italian. The word whack means something completely different so, to us. So he like sets up a blanket. He's like outside of a cornfield. He readies his gun and points it at the oh. spot where the guy's going to be. And there's no like energy surge. There's no like flash of light. He's just suddenly there screaming. Yeah. And he just shoots him in the back of the head. Wow. It's a really shocking scene. There's a there's a really shocking one later on in the movie involving uh, an interrogation that I'm not going to. Yeah. Do you remember uh, that one yeah. where, with, with the dude just like trying to get to. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 a really shocking scene. And and. I I feel really like like a a big part of how jarring sci-fi is and how much it impacts you is how shocking those scenes can get. Yeah. In the new Star in the new Star Trek movies, there's a lot of shots of of like, you know, the Enterprise going, you know, full warp and the hull breaks open and people get just sucked, sucked out, out into right, fucking yeah. space at warp speeds. Yeah. Like that'll fucking annihilate you. Shit like that is is terrifying to well, me. And the cool it's thing, why I've never seen gravity because I know oh, gravity is scary. I know I wouldn't be able to handle it. I didn't I didn't think That's I would terrifying like terrifying to me. I didn't think I would like gravity as much as I did. Like I, I saw the previews for that and I'm like, ah, whatever. It looks stupid. And then I, it came on HBO one night and we were just laying in bed and I think Trisha was falling asleep and I was just watching it and I'm like, oh, my God. God, like it, it's it, it is just as scary as you think it is. It's, yeah, it's that's a, that's not a thing that I can handle. That's that's like that's <laughs> that's honestly it's it's my biggest fear of something that will never ever happen to yeah. me is is just space related shit. Yeah. Interstellar uh, is is also if you've never seen Interstellar, it's uh, also very good for that. Apollo thirteen scared the shit out of me. Yeah, I, I watched that in high school for science class because. Apollo 13 yeah happened <laughs> Apollo 13 actually <laughs> fucking happened that happened and that yes, is scary as fuck yeah. to me <gasps> I do not ever want to be in that kind of a situation uh, fucking um, event horizon yeah. has similar vibes for me mm. uh, just in the sense of, of just space terror not necessarily the satanic stuff because like that's yeah. just like you know okay I've played doom I, it's, right. it's whatever yeah. But like the scene where the where the kids in the airlock and it's decompressing and he gets sh- just fucking shunted out into space yeah. and and uh, Lawrence Fishburne has to go out and just tackle him into the other airlock. Yeah. Like Ooh. it's. Ugh. Yeah. Space is a really good place. You know what I mean? N- yeah. Not just for, uh, from a sci fi standpoint, but from a, a horror standpoint, you could do some scary shit as, as evidenced by. Movies like uh, Gravity, two thousand one. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Alien, anything like that, because you 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 can invent your own possibilities there. That's why sci-fi. You know, like I said before, it's why it's so cool. There's so many different branching paths. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if I can talk for a minute about my absolute favorite sci-fi entity. Oh no, please do. Yeah. Which is without a doubt. <laughs> it sounds like great conversation. Black Mirror. 
Oh, Black Mirror is so good. You know what? Yes. Black you know, Mirror is so good. You know what? I haven't watched any more of Black Mirror. I, I watched the first episode with you. Oh, the, that's the one right. With the, with the, with the pig. pig. Yeah. Okay, so and, I remember that because and I, was, I was going, what the fuck am I watching? I was really intrigued by that. That whole show is what the fuck am I watching? And then I and then I decided, like, okay, I'm going to watch uh, I'm going to watch like the second episode or whatever. Uh, and it's six million merits. That yeah. episode fucked me up so much. I I haven't it's gotten down. You want what's the what's I the one right there? What's the one where they send the kid on the? It's bank, shut up and dance. Shut up and dance. It is. You want to get fucked up? Watch that. That's the saddest <sighs> I have ever been watching oh that show. God. I don't. I don't. Can I give you the setup? Can I? Can I really be any sadder than six million yes, merits? You yes, you can. I'll yes, give, you I'll can. give you the setup. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready for that. <laughs> Let me give you the premise of this episode. It's. Oh. it's Straight a good, a good old local boy. One night when he thinks nobody is watching, he's in his bedroom. He's babysitting or whatever, and you know he locks the door or whatever. He's babysitting his kid's sibling, and he he gets a moment alone, and he goes into his bedroom and he jerks off to something on the internet. Right, that's sure. the start. Now, what happens immediately after is that he gets a message from an unknown entity. We saw what you did, and then they send him a video, and they send him a video, and they tell him, listen. Basically, log in and contact us from here within a few minutes, or we share this with everyone you right. know. They get, they send him a video of him just jerking off. Yeah, basically. So now, then he's <laughs> the, he, he so he does that, and then they start issuing him increasing demands: have to do this, have to go see this person, have to do that thing, and he has to do it, or else his secret is revealed. It's. <clears throat> he sent on this horrible which, chase, which ultimately, like at some point, <clears throat> the viewer must realize, like. Just show him the video of me jerking off. It's yeah, which that's the thing is he's so full of shame. He's yeah, like yeah. tears, you know, the shame. And I won't say any more, but it's an incredibly upsetting episode. It is very man yeah, well, without uh, famously featuring. I had to look up his name because I didn't know it. Jer- yeah, right. Jerome Flynn, who plays Braun on Game of Thrones. He's great oh, in it. He's as great the, in as it. the the uh, oh, I guess man. counterpart counterpart. Um, yeah. But yeah, w- without without ruining anything about that episode is it, it just it it goes it spirals out of control very quickly. All right, look, I will I will watch more of it eventually. Watch it on a good day. I, 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 watch I, it on a good day because that's a hard one to get through. I, I sat down uh, thinking like I sat that down one, one day. My feelings. This, this, is, this <laughs> is when I was still living here. I, mm-hmm. I sat down one day and I I was like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch a bunch of episodes of Black Mirror. Yeah, no. The second episode is Six Million Merits. <laughs> yeah, and I and I shut it off. And it's I was the like, second saddest episode in the show's yeah. history. I just I had to collect it's myself. Devastating. It's so it's soul crushing, man. It is. Do you remember the episode with the um, uh, the kid who goes to the video game, the VR, the VR yes, game? Yes, I do. It was called Playtest. Playtest. That was it. That one, fucking. I, yeah. I showed that episode to Trisha because I had been watching Black Beer by myself, and she mm-hmm. at the end of it, you get to the end, that the crazy end ending, end. and she's like. Why did you make me watch that? <laughs> oh, it's, like, oh, it's, it's so playtest is it's a guy who who seeks out an opportunity to engage in a, uh, a augmented reality video game. It's the first episode of their most recent season. Okay, or and second he, most recent. Yeah, season. And he meets this Kojima esque kind of guy who's into the. Yeah. You, know you know what I mean. You know what else you guys told me about is is one about a ship. About a ship. Um, what, what about a ship? Where oh yes, the USS McCallum. Yeah, that's the one. I yeah. haven't watched let's, that. Yet. Let's not discuss that. I haven't on watched here, that one yet. But we should watch it. You told. We should. You told, I, I. I haven't. I haven't started season four that's yet. That's the so. beauty about about that, and uh, is that you can just watch it out of order, and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, 
fucking uh, uh, bringing me back to like uh, like I I really like sci-fi that is a commentary on on humanity. I like I like sci-fi that is supposed to teach us something about ourselves. I've shown you, I think, the drumhead, the next generation episode. Yes, that's the uh, trial, is it not? It's it's the one about the witch hunt. Yeah, uh, where they're trying to find the saboteur on board the Enterprise, and it's uh, they eventually discover that one of the crewmen is a quarter Romulan, and they persecute him based on just that. Yeah. And it, it results in a pretty there's no there's not really any action. It results in a pretty fucking epic Picard speech yes. at the very end. And it, it the drumhead is maybe my favorite Next Generation episode, maybe next to Measure of a Man. Yeah. Oh, the, right. Also a court themes sort of episode, right? The the data yeah, episode. I think I just like sci fi legal dramas. I don't know. It's a very it's a very niche market. It's, uh, uh, but me- Measure of a Man is the episode in which uh, uh, they have to determine whether data is is his own being his own self or if he is a machine and therefore property yeah. of Starfleet. Does he have rights or is he just an object? Yeah. And Picard's <laughs> argument just like just oh yeah it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> uh but um but in that vein, uh since we're talking about Black Mirror, the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. that, in, in a lot of ways is it, I mean Black Mirror is the Twilight Zone too. It for sure is for yeah. sure yeah. absolutely. Twilight Zone um, moved into a more science fiction format. It, well, in a more a more modern risque, Without, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. And the Twilight Zone was certainly risque, you know, for the time. And even still, some of the stuff that they did on Twilight Zone is really yeah. freaky, and you know what I mean. There, there was oh god, there's one where where there's a a criminal who dies in a shootout with the cops yeah and mm-hmm. he's treated to like you know eternal luck at the dice and all the women and money he could ever That's want right, yeah. and he thinks he's gone to heaven and then you know the end is like they reveal he's in hell and yeah. this this angel quote-unquote that's been following him the entire time turns into this the demented psychopath who laughs at him <laughs> yeah and that's how the episode ends yeah, yeah it's, it's upsetting so great uh, i'm trying, um, to, I'm trying to, the uh, of course the, the last man on earth who you know, yeah, yeah. The, the classic mm. episode of a man who has nothing but time mm-hmm. on, oh, a, on an empty God. planet he can finally pursue his interests and the one thing so he always unfair. wanted to do was to read and I guess if you are listening to this you probably know that you've, twist. you've seen the scene you've, yeah you know you know you know it via pop culture you, you know it via family guy yeah right yeah right <laughs> no um no there was time now. There was time now. There was time now. Uh, that's that's um, upsetting on an that existential is, that is level. My yeah. all-time favorite Twilight episode is the monsters are due on Maple Street. That is yeah. the one. I, we've oh, talked about this very yeah. recently. I feel, yeah, I think so. It, uh, for those of you that are unfamiliar, it's where the, the UFO crashes in the neighborhood and, and uh, the power just goes out. And uh, all the neighbors are suspicious of these one neighbors who, who have their lights on. Yeah. And they suspect them of harboring these aliens. And so eventually this whole neighborhood turns into chaos and anarchy. It's a they're, mob. They're all getting yeah. ready to just kill each other. Yeah. And uh, there there is a twist ending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a very good one. A very, <laughs> oh, I love the monsters are due on Maple Street. Yeah. Favorite Twilight Zone episode by far. It's really good. Um. Yeah, no, I think that uh, I think that the Twilight Zone is probably 
one of those enduring shows that will never really get old. Yeah, and, and, and the for more sure. that we like, the more that we keep digging up that format and using it for things like in different ways, like Black Mirror definitely yeah. has. Yeah. I think the the more longevity we'll get to that really great serialized short story format. Yeah, they did. If I recall, they did reboot the Twilight series in the uh, Morty, Morty Morty in the late nineties. Uh, but it didn't really take off. Telenovela. They re- they remade a couple of classic episodes and they did some original content, but it never really took off uh, uh, as far as I remember. Yeah, it's one. You know, sometimes it's just a little bit of a, a little bit of magic. Yeah. Uh, you know, having having a really incredible writing staff and and uh, the, the you know those stories that are really timeless. That's not easy. The availability of Bill Shatner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Naturally. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I you think this, it's about time. This is a good place to call us. I'm I feeling think. it wind down here. So yeah, um, can I just say this has been thus far, at least this season, my favorite topic to talk about. Oh yeah, about. this, this has been fun. really good. Oh, thank you. This yeah. is yeah. really good. Yeah. I I knew we would be able to talk a lot about sci-fi. Oh yeah, my, you're talking I, to nerds here. So. I I have sci-fi obligations I've yet to fulfill. I haven't read Neuromancer. I haven't I haven't seen. I know nothing about Battlestar Galactica or oh, yeah, Stargate. Yeah. Dune, uh, Dune is on, on my list. I did, I should watch I it. Need, I need to watch yeah. or read Dune. Dune, fact, Dune fact, is a huge slog to read, though. I feel yeah. like I should just watch it. Probably. <laughs> and it's also like David Lynch somehow got to make a sci-fi movie, so that's in and of itself worth watching. Yeah. yeah. Twin Peaks I haven't seen. I, I would Twin, qualify Twin Peaks as sci-fi, Twin right? Peaks is... Um, <laughs> Twin Peaks is something. Twin Peaks it is sure something. Is. It's, it's I, something. I haven't seen the second season, but the first season, it, hold on to your butts. Yeah, it's yeah. something, man. There's there's yeah. a lot of sci-fi. Alan I, Wake is like video game Twin Peaks, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, but, but, monsters. Al, but yeah. Alan Wake is, is you can understand Alan Wake. Yes. Yeah. Damn fine cup of coffee. <laughs> Damn fine. You know, that's. A, Are the, you thinking of Deadly Premonition? or No, that is definitely Twin that's Peaks. That's Twin, uh, Twin Peaks. Twin okay. Peaks. Damn the, fine cup of coffee yeah he's constantly the the lead investigator is constantly recording notes or like uh yeah. to to his secretary yeah is it ellen Alan? i think it's he's, he's, saying, he's talking about how great the coffee That's and pie right. is I all watched, the goddamn time i watched the first episode <laughs> of twin yeah. peaks it's coffee is the very first episode damn um <laughs> yeah coffee, coffee and pie that's Do- all this yeah, guy right. gives a fuck about <laughs> yeah. and they never solve the murder as yeah. far as i know so there yeah, yeah there's a uh there's a uh, uh, a lot of uh, sci-fi that I that I yeah I feel like I'm obligated to do. I've never read or watched any adaptation of iRobot, and I think that's a yeah. that's kind of oh, a prerequisite. The, the film Asimov ver- is a requirement. Yeah, the film version of iRobot is actually probably better than you're thinking it is. It's pretty good. It's pretty. That's what, that's what I hear. There's, it's pretty there's, true to the to the story. There's like some. Some yeah, stuff. like like early two thousands bullshit in there, but yeah, but I, for the most part, it's pretty true to the story. Yeah, um, I gotta go through and watch the Animatrix again. Yeah, the Animatrix was fucking killer. Mm-hmm. That collection of stories. short movies, yeah. all those stories were good. Favorite Animatrix short? Ah, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to remember. It's been. It's been, it's been, been, it's, been uh, it's been since high school since I watched it. I'm trying to remember. I'm, I don't know if I remember a whole let me, lot. Of let me them. see if I can jog your memory. My favorite would be either the one with the runner, the Olympic track oh, runner. Oh yeah, that one was. Oh yeah, great. okay. Or the one, the one that's that's definitely Japanese. It's definitely mm. like a Japanese thing. 
uh, but they find a place where gravity doesn't exist, and you okay. can just like yeah, jump yeah, off yeah, the yeah. ledge and mm. stop an inch from the ground. Mm. I have, I have to go back and watch those again. Halo did one too. Yeah, where it was all you know. They did, didn't they? Yes, they did. Yes, they did. That's right. And they did lots of those. live action ones too. Uh-huh. We can probably find animation. Do they not shorts still on have? Does Halo not still have like a TV show in the works? Like Spielberg uh, was going to direct yeah, it. I heard, yeah. Like an actual Halo television show in the world. That would be cool. World of Warcraft got a movie that wasn't completely terrible, so I'm sure Halo can do it too. Not yeah. completely Featuring terrible. Samuel L. Jackson as Sergeant Johnson. <laughs> that's, that's, our, that's, our, that's our standard. Not our, completely terrible is what yep. we're aiming Consider, for. Considering our big green style. Considering the legacy of... Uh, of uh, Uva Bowles, Max Payne, yeah, and the Tomb Raider movie starring Angelina Jolie. Yeah, I'll take not terrible. I'll take not terrible. <laughs> Frankly, uh, let's take a break. Yes, yeah. let's take a break. When we come back, we will be able to give you recommendations and also the things that we have learned, if we have learned anything. Did the table just move? That was yeah, yeah. that was me. Sorry, was a little oh, trippy. My, my headset is completely destroyed at this. Yeah, point. that's super oh, awesome. Gosh. Well, we'll use science fiction to fix that. Um, yeah. But until I, I hope you guys have enjoyed us uh, geeking out for what, like an hour and a half about uh, yeah. our favorite sci-fi endeavors. And yeah, look, the point of sci-fi is to shine a mirror on humanity. And I think the, the more it does that, the better. But I think it should also maybe open up our imaginations a bit. Yeah, I, I think I, that's true. I don't think there's anything wrong necessarily with sci-fi that you know, maybe doesn't shine a mirror on humanity, maybe doesn't tell us something about the human condition, but it's just there for, for fun and fantasy and escapism. Yeah, just to you know? open you to a world that doesn't exist, but could if we were better at doing what we're currently doing. For sure. Science fiction is great. I hope you enjoyed this topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sure did. I, I have a fucking huge list of movies I gotta, I gotta watch now. Um <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, we'll be back uh, shortly with our recommendations and and what we have learned. I think we just might. All right. See you in a minute. All right. Then. Uh, yeah. OK. Bye now. Bye. Welcome back, Morty. Morty. Welcome back, Rick. Wa- welcome back, Rick. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh, ah, we're back. This we're is back. Um, we got to talk about sci-fi. We got to talk about sci-fi we didn't know and wish we knew. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just talking during the break about I, I, I haven't read Neuromancer. I'm, I'm going to read that at some point. Yeah. Um, j- there's just sci-fi is a really great topic. It, it it's really very is. very large. I remember I remember being a little kid and and you know thinking about all the all the spaceship cockpits I had and now I you know <laughs> how I could emulate that possibly in like a, a high tech gaming rig and now I have that yeah yeah and it's it it makes we live me, in the future dude it makes me comfortable the way of the secure. future way the way of the, the future. future and now I've hey, I've uh, like I said I've got a new job I'm I'm doing IT now yeah, yeah. I'm at, I'm making the career change happen and and uh, this is gonna be. This is going to be something I get to be Jordy LaForge now. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. You get to be Guy LaForge. You get to be blind and black. (laughs) Yeah. I get to be blind and black. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) What a great combination in today's society. (laughs) Wow. Just to be alive. No one will discriminate against you. You know, for a long time, I dreamed of a future where I could be blind and black, and, and black. now it's here now. So, no, I can't see the people who are <laughs> kicking me in the street. Isn't it lovely? 
Well, now uh, we're getting to the point in the show where we got to. Uh, uh, we have to. We must. We, we don't are, want to. We are compelled by our producer, Roger Sickbastard, to. We dare not to, but we must. To recommend something so that Roger Sickbastard can pretend he, he cares about the enjoyment of yeah. the rest of humankind. Plus, he gets a little coin on the side. You know, this sure. guy has business deals. And yeah. a tuggy from, you know, one of us that he selects at random at the end of the and show. And a tuggy from a Netflix executive. <laughs> Kevin should Spacey. We, should we be so kind? <laughs> Kevin Spacey, Netflix executive. What do you think? You think he's uh, handing out tuggies? Kevin Spacey? Yeah, yeah, he's taking. Well, he, he needs money now. Like, um, like his, his, his career is fucked. I feel like this business relationship is more complicated than I previously mm-hmm. thought it was. Look, we don't have to think about it. We just gotta. We got a contract. We we just follow it. We gotta recommend something. I'm going to recommend. What you got? Oh. Oh, boy. You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and go with my original idea because I, I thought I was going to come up with something Are better. You just deciding right this minute? No, I have marital AIDS. I <laughs> <laughs> Large, smooth, throbbing, <laughs> uh, rotating. The ra- it's the it's the <clears throat> rabbit vibrator. Yeah, it's the I'm going to recommend the rabbit. Yeah, it's it's three different movements of pleasure. It's a classic. Everyone your, loves it. It's a it's a it's a one giant box full of a big old <laughs> I don't need a man. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so I had I had a fallback idea. I had a fallback idea in the event that I couldn't think of anything else. And it that's what I'm going to go with. Two days ago, Aubrey brought home a package of uh, a, a grocery store's worth of food. In a bag. Mm. One of those items was a, a, a delightful treat I have never tasted before up until two days ago. That treat is Stroopwafels. I oh my am God. quite aware of the Fucking Stroopwafels. Stroopwafels, dude. Thank I, you, Starbucks, for the Stroopwafels. I just had my first oh Stroopwafels my so two good. days Wait, ago. I want to know how you had it. I want to know the way that you consumed it. Was it... How, how did you have it? Okay, so look, for context... My stepdad's family is largely Italian. Mm-hmm. I am very familiar with the delight that is the pit cell. Yes, mm-hmm. the less anise, the better. Honestly, mm-hmm. I'm with you. I'm not. I'm not huge on black licorice taste. The vanilla. I like the vanilla pit cells. The vanilla pit cells are great. Yeah. yeah. So I, I look at this thing and it's like, oh, it's like a dark pit cell. Mm-hmm. I'm. I like pit cells. So I'm sure this is gonna be good. I bite into it. I had no idea that it was like a caramel panini. Yes, it is. I had no fucking idea what I was getting into when I took that first bite. And I I like as as the the strands of caramel just like stretched and separated from the body uh, uh, and my jaw. I was just like I was just transported to a field of tulips and windmills (laughs) where everyone was free to smoke weed all day long. I'm picturing that scene in the movie Ratatouille where the food critic takes the bite of Ratatouille and then has a flashback to his childhood where his mother's cooking him dinner. Oh, my God. That's that's what I'm it's, picturing you it, going it, through. It really was. Like, it's it's it made me miss a this place orgasmic. I've never been. Yeah. Yeah. Like, to, like you were transported to your childhood where everyone smoked weed. <laughs> I had no idea something yes. as wonderful as a Stroopwafel could exist. Mm-hmm. Now, I will tell you, the way that Christy <sighs> had me enjoy this was With, I had a cup of hot coffee. You, you need to, you need to, I need said, a cup of tea when I drink it. She said you put that waffle right on top of the hot cup, mm-hmm. and you let uh-huh. it steam it a little bit. Yep. 
Oh, that's the idea. That, that's the classic. That's the way so you're supposed to do it. So when you go to, to break it. into it, it's just a tiny bit softer. Yep. And the caramel does that just little extra that stretch. Pool. Yeah. Oh my! That's the way you're supposed to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the lady at Starbucks in uh, uh, Barnes and Noble told me that in Boardman. Yeah. But I did it over a venti London fog with extra soy or with uh, soy and extra vanilla. Man. It's it's like the European version to of be making, alive. It's like the European version of making a grilled cheese sandwich on a greasy old griddle somewhere in eastern Pennsylvania. You know, it's yeah. it's like it's like a mayonnaise covered <laughs> grilled like, cheese sandwich on a on a fucking griddle full of scrapple. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you you said that I'm like, how about the scrapple waffle? So, oh, Why somewhere don't we have that somewhere yet? north of Philadelphia where all the fucking grease and grime is just like caked right onto the fucking bread of the grilled cheese sandwich you're eating. <laughs> this is the European version of that, where the uh, where where like those motherfuckers in Holland who get to enjoy like <laughs> like a such a wonderful fucking life where where prostitution is okay and smoking <laughs> weed is legal <laughs> and and you can just go and look at Van Gogh paintings whenever you fucking want I, that, that's the dream you're describing a really you, nice life you have you have a fucking caramel and pizzel panini yeah. that you just compressed and yeah. baked into like in, just in, in between puffs of your blunt <laughs> candy <laughs> cardboard circle of goodness and it's it's a revelation I just man. recently watched oh something about where I just recently I can't remember if it was on uh, salt fat acid heat but I don't think it was <laughs> I was watching something and they were they were showing where like the majority of Stroop waffles are made. Yeah, and they were showing how difficult it is. It was like surprisingly difficult. Really? Cause, yeah, because you have this very like shallow waffle iron situation. Yeah, and you have to do it to just the right time where you can separate the thing without burning it. And without it sticking to the griddle. Yeah, where you can't, like, pull it apart and then the fucking yeah. uh, 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 the wafer is, like, oh, yeah. stuck to the thing, Yeah, right? it's, like, actually kind of tricky. There's, like, uh. certain places in the world where they do this in high volume. It's, like, not a thing everywhere. You can, you can get them everywhere, but they're not that popular everywhere. Uh, I don't see how. They're a miracle. I know, right? They, they are, like, they are the angelic ascension of Oreos. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> That's a pretty accurate description. The, yeah, not it's, bad. It's like it's like if an Oreo is just a dirty, smelly ape that evolved from primordial ooze, like us. Fudge. Primordial uh, fudge. A, a stroopwafel is like a fucking archangel. It really is. Oh. It's beautiful. It's <laughs> elegant. It's it's got the perfect texture. It's got the perfect flavor. There's cinnamon uh, in them as far as I have tasted. Yeah, there's nice rich yeah. cinnamon taste. Yeah. Oh, it's just. It's a textural <laughs> and flavor delight. Yeah, it's, it's a goddamned good. revelation. It's a world it treasure. It's like it's like museum art. It, it should always be there. If if Kabuki Theater, as goofy as fuck as it is, can be protected by UNATCO as a world heritage <laughs> item, Stroopwafel should absolutely be. Yeah, they're 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 dessert revelation on par with my all time favorite dessert, tiramisu. Yes, <sighs> tiramisu in my mind is the god of cakes. Would you like coffee or cake? Yes. Why not both? <laughs> yes. Por qué no los dos? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tiramisu is a very fine. Tiramisu cake. is the god of cakes, and I'm I'm thoroughly convinced now that Stroopwafels are the god of cookies. I think you're right. They're I don't so, think I've ever had one better. So good. They're so goddamn good. It's like they took something the Italians and the Germans 
all each did on their own. And they're like, but wait, let us combine it. <laughs> but wait, I can't do a Dutch accent. I don't, that's my best guess. <laughs> hey, Dargan. I've heard. I've you heard, got that waffle marker. <laughs> I've heard. the. Oh, Dutch, yeah, Hans. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard the Dutch language described as uh, someone trying desperately to swallow their own tongue. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Honestly, from what I've heard, it's not that far off. Uh, yeah, it's Stroop. Stroop waffles. Stroop They're really good. They're really good. I'm glad that you guys are on board with my recommendation, Morty, because uh, <laughs> I that was that was my fallback. I I was trying to think because I've been playing uh, more video games lately, Morty, Morty. and. Uh, uh, a lot of them are games I've already recommended or games that you guys know already. Yeah, Overwatch right. and, and uh, Rainbow Six Siege and whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been... Uh, it's been... It's <laughs> been a real waffly journey. <laughs> it's been a real waffly period in my life for me. And I, I, I thank you guys for being here to support me. I just took the sound bite of a real waffly period. <laughs> that's, all, that's, that's all I'm thinking a, about a, now. A blue waffle? A blue waffly period. <sighs> Speaking of blue, uh, speaking of blue uh, waffle, uh, early, uh, auxiliary recommendation: watch Big Mouth. What? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they mentioned Blue Waffle in their Planned Parenthood episode. Oh god, of the second I, season. I, I've been staying away from that because it, it looks too much like Family Guy. It's good. It's really good. It's very, very good. I cannot okay. recommend it enough. I should have made it my. Rec- I'll talk about it later. Fuck it. Okay. Yeah. Right. It, it, it could be still. <laughs> Maybe I'll just make it my. You know what? It's me now. Okay, me now. Oh, yeah. Man. Okay. <laughs> Okay, Dave, please tell us your recommendation since you're so fucking insistent on it. <laughs> My recommendation is Big Mouth. <laughs> no. You don't say. No, for real, though. My recommendation is Family Guy. <laughs> I love Family Guy. Holy crap, Lois. Oh my. You remember that time I recommended my own show on you the Three Dude Cast? You think that's bad. You think that's bad. How about the time I fucked my own asshole with a weed thresher? <laughs> no, watch Big Mouth. Wow, well, really talk great. about trimming the hedge. <laughs> hey, dog. Hey, dog. Hey, dog. Yeah. He doesn't have a name. He's just a dog. Yeah, what is it, Peter? Oh, well, uh, how about you uh, lick the peanut butter <laughs> off of my date? <laughs> Family Guy. Family presented guy. by Fox. Family Guy. Lick the peanut butter off of my date. Hey, Doug, check out this new game I got. It's called Undertale. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, the memes, Jack. No, but for real, I, uh, I wasn't going to recommend it, but now I am. Mm. Big Mouth is really good. Big Mouth is really good, yeah. and it yeah. features, again, uh, mm-hmm. Nick Kroll and John Mulaney, who oh. I just absolutely love. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a thing you wouldn't know, like, just, like, scrolling past it. It doesn't look special from the thumbnail No, it does not. It, uh... You gotta, you gotta really sell me on this, because I, I, I feel like it's it's just, like, that, like, a, like adult cartoon, like... Right. The sort of thing you can make an image macro out of and like let me give you a great reason why you probably think that. Adult Swim or uh, not Adult Swim. Netflix has not done a single good animated show in my opinion outside of this. What about uh, uh, F is for Family? Oh, no, no, I what, take it back. What, what, for, what about Agretzica? Uh, no, I didn't watch that. I, so I have no it's, I have no take on it. So you have great. no frame of reference here. <laughs> You're like a child wandering in the middle of a movie. <laughs> okay, let me put it this way. Netflix has done a lot of really bad animated oh, what shows. About Ca- what about Castlevania? Sorry. 
I thought Brickleberry was stupid. Brickleberry is. Stupid. Brickleberry is. That, stupid. that was not. That was not uh, <laughs> Netflix though. That was Comedy Central. Maybe. Okay. Maybe it was. They did the one that was like a like a nature. Uh, it was like the Forest Rangers or whatever. I don't that think, was uh, that was, was that Brickleberry. That was Brickleberry. Oh, but that was they, Comedy oh, Central. They, they did do like a That's Daniel uh, Tosh's show. They did do like a fucking like transparent ripoff of Archer though, didn't they? They it was did, like a Miami cop yes, show. And that was bad. Yeah. Um. But like when you're talking about Castlevania, Agaritsuko, uh I heard Castlevania was really good. I have to watch Castlevania. Everyone is gaga about Castlevania. Yeah. I guess what I should have just said <laughs> to, to avoid this argument is Netflix is hit and miss. Yes, you could. Yeah, totally. In, in general, like most TV. Yeah, like they throw out a lot of stuff where you're like, do I really Just even want to take a, a chance <laughs> on another Netflix original? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, do I even want to try to watch another Netflix original? The reason <laughs> the show is really great, I think. When they're um, so clearly guilty of employing child molesters. Right. That's Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and they're apologizing forever about it. Um, but uh, Big Mouth is centered around... Uh, the worst period in everyone's lives that is a super relatable thing. The period. The period. <laughs> yeah, more or less. The waffly I mean, period. I mean, it's 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 yeah. a show uh, specifically about puberty. Yeah. Which is super painful for most of us to reflect on. Yeah. No, I, I'm half giving you shit because I think I think we watched some clips of this when the, when uh, when the clan Waltman was over. And, oh uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. and we had a really good time watching those clips, and they seemed really funny. Yeah, it 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 seems like it goes balls deep into the awkwardness of of those years. It gets really almost painful. I um, I seem to recall a, a a segment about a lost pube falling onto the rim of a toilet seat. <laughs> it's terrible to watch. It's like a kid who like hasn't quite hit puberty like everyone else. <laughs> he has two total pubes. And then on going to pee, one of them falls off <laughs> and it drifts and the other pube is going, no, and it's falling slow motion. And he lands on the rim and he goes, don't leave me here like this, man. Just blow me into the toilet. <laughs> Every night in my dreams, I see you. I feel you. Okay, that was the Penny Whistle solo from... Okay, yeah. now I get it. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's really good. I really do recommend it. The second season just hit, and Christy and I watched all of it, like, as fast as we could. Okay. Um, things will... to sell you on the show. Uh, there is a regular character, which is the ghost of Duke Ellington. That just <laughs> Excuse me? He lives in Nick's house for some reason. The he, the, he haunts yeah, of, the ghost of, of the Duke actual Ellington, Duke Ellington. Duke Ellington. <laughs> who gives him advice <laughs> on girls. <laughs> At one point, there's a whole episode that deals around whether or not one character is gay. And there's a gigantic musical number uh, featuring the ghost of Freddie Mercury. Oh, nice. Who sings that when you're gay every day is a nonstop cabaret. <laughs> uh, which is a lot I of mean, fun. <laughs> all you had all you had to do was say like there's a character who's questioning whether he's gay. Then there's a musical. Mm. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> of course. Um the show's really good. Again, uh, anytime John Mulaney and Nick Kroll are together, <laughs> I am laughing. Their chemistry is amazing. Uh it's super funny, it's super awkward. Is it's it? like 
It, it really is. I, I don't know why I'm defending this this hard. I feel like somehow I came into this on the defensive. Yeah, you this did. is the recommendation you kinda, section. You kind of did. Well, be, well, I mean, to be fair, it's because I immediately compared it to Family Guy. That's true. Peter. Wait, no, wait, that's, holy, that's the voice that's of Peter. Peter. Holy crap, Lois. Peter. You remember that time we were on the Avengers? Yeah. <laughs> now? Hey, Lois, I got a super sweet Iron Man suit. Maybe you should try firing your dinky little gun some more. <laughs> hey, Lois. That's the joke. Remember that time you fucked my brother in front of me? <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't what? Know. I remember that episode. Yeah. Did that actually happen? I don't know. No. It did not. You guys can't fuck with me. Like she did fuck the dog, though. I think. Yeah, well, she didn't fuck the dog. No, she fucked she, the dog. She didn't fuck... The, that dog fucks. She, <laughs> Lois Griffin never fucked the dog. Yes, yeah, she did. No, she didn't. Yes, yeah, she did. No, she I just will, had I will, him and it got weird. I will look it up. My recommendation is Family Guy lore, <laughs> and the Family Guy wiki located at familyguy.wikia.com. It's almost uh, definitely there. Yeah, right. Oh, of course oh, it's there. Peter. That's it. I'm done. Watch Big Mouth. It's good. Okay. All right. Uh, Chris, I have two recommendations that I'm not going to go on the defensive about because I don't need to. <sighs> I'm going to argue against you at every turn. The first one is Red Dead Redemption 2. Shh. I'm not going to go into big detail oh, about this. Oh, a triple this. A big budget yeah. title. Yeah. Mm. whoop de doo Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe like the greatest game of the last six months. <laughs> this game looks so It looks fucking, fucking it is, good. It is really good. It's just yeah. as good as you think it is. It looks really good. It plays really good. It's fun to be a cowboy. <laughs> Um, I've been in cowboy mode pretty much uh, since I got the game. Yeah. Um, I'm like 25 hours in and I'm not even close to touching the surface. Um, it's worth it. I'm not going to go into big detail because most of you are probably already playing it. Yeah. Um, but if you haven't, you should. It's really good. I can't um, wait till it comes out for PC so I can not have it for that, too. Yeah. See, it's yeah, not. It, it ain't going to come out for PC. It it come out. If no. they didn't do it for the first one. It won't. I think it'll happen. Uh, everybody a, keeps a, telling me that. It ain't well, gonna happen. You you read the uh, sort of under the hood stuff, right? The uh, there's some uh, developer options accessible from the executable that suggest like PC settings that aren't available on a console. Yeah. There's some really compelling reasons to believe oh. in this. I don't think so, but I, we'll see. Sure, who knows? Oh, oh man, um, they like money. Is my point? Yes. Second recommendation. Unlike Konami, who yes. hates money. <laughs> Second recommendation. I want to recommend a movie. It's a documentary. Um, actually, it's called an eight by ten glossy photo of my asshole. <laughs> <laughs> the Roger, you know what? The, I think I have that one. The Roger Sick Bastard story. Yeah. Uh, I, do you remember that no. scene where the glossy takes the bus to New York? Mm. Yeah, and yeah. it's like yeah, I don't know, then everybody's like, "Ooh, nobody wants to sit by it because it's just a photo of, yeah. of a spread <laughs> and, asshole." And it waves out the window as it's as it's anti fee or whatever. Yeah. As, uh, saying goodbye. And did I ever tell you about the? Uh, my favorite thing my brother ever reposted on Facebook was just a, a, a completely black picture. It was just a giant black JPEG. And uh, it, it was reblogged from Flea, a uh, drummer for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Bassist. Bassist. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The bassist for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, it was reblogged from Flea, uh, who commented on this picture saying, uh, my life is an unending... Spiral of torment and anguish. Here is a picture of the inside of my asshole. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. 
I'm paraphrasing Accurate. a bit, but, but that was that Accurate. was essentially the message. That's really funny. <laughs> Gotta say, he's right. That's probably what it looks like. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, no, the documentary I'm going to recommend is a film that came out it was about uh, 10 or 12 years ago at this point. Um, and it's called mm. American Hardcore. Oh, um, that sounds familiar. Uh, and the, doc- the documentary is um, there was a, it's basically about the the hardcore movement, um, uh, which I talked about a couple weeks ago when I recommended uh, Minor Threat. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's basically mm-hmm. about the the uh, 80s hardcore movement, which took place. Basically, between the years of uh, 1979 and 1985, um, this little blip in time where punk rock uh, got very fast and very aggressive and very political. Yeah. um, Kind of all at once. Um, And it goes through all those bands of that era. Minor Threat, uh, Dead Kennedys, Bad Brains, uh, Black Flag, Circle Mm -hmm. Jerks, all that kind of stuff. Uh, And this documentary is really important to me because it introduced that entire genre of music to me. Uh, and it introduced me to a lot of my favorite bands. I think uh, punk rock as a movement, in particular, that section of punk rock um, is my favorite genre because it, it branches. <laughs> it, you know what I mean? There's so many different subsects of it. It starts yeah. like punk rock in general starts way back in like 1966. Um with like bands like the Stooges and the MC five and, you know, like mm-hmm. this proto punk, you know what I mean? Same, same kind of ideals. And it just branches into all these different subgenres. Um, and I, of <clears throat> all of those hardcore is my favorite because it's this little flash in the pan movement with all these bands that all did the same kind of style that all did really, really cool, aggressive, fast music. Um, so I have to thank, um, the people who were interviewed for this movie and the director of this movie, because it like brought a, a whole new genre of music to me. Um, and one of my favorite, pretty much my favorite genre in general, uh, you know, kind of brought it to life for me. So it's about two hours long or so. It, it inter- you know, interviews guys like um, Keith Morris from the circle jerks and Ian McKay from minor threat and Fugazi mm-hmm. Um uh, you know, uh, Henry Rollins, you know what I mean? Like the, all these big name guys, you know, from that era, it, it, you know, guys who were like part of working bands who right. didn't make a lot of money. There's a lot of these yeah. interviews that take place like on the street. That's a really important thing. It's yeah. like these guys did not. Many of them get famous. Right. Most of them did not actually get famous. And even the ones who got famous didn't like, you know what I mean, make a fucking. Yeah, they weren't rock stars. Yeah, they were. They, they were, were just, just guys. They had cred at yeah, best. right. Yeah, they were just they were just guys. Yeah, you know, they yeah. just dudes. what if we pay you in exposure? Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's it's lots of interviews like that that are shot like basically on handy cam footage where they just fucking track these dudes down and interviewed <laughs> them on the street or yeah. wow. you know what I mean? Went to their homes that are just like normal, modest homes, uh, and like did interviews with these guys, and it's really cool. It's a very raw, very honest. A uh, very personal documentary, and it does a very good job of explaining the entire movement to you know someone who wouldn't have who had no idea about it. Basically, right? Yeah. Um, there was a, a documentary that came out uh, earlier in the seventies. It was called uh, you guys might have heard of it. It's called The Decline of Western Civilization. It was famously about. Uh, it's a real famous documentary film. It's it's in the. Um, you know, the Library of Congress preserved it. There was two of them. One of them was about the late 70s punk rock scene in Los Angeles, and it followed bands like The Germs and X and uh, Scream, 
like all those bands in in LA in the 70s in that underground era. And then there was a sequel that came out in the 80s that was about uh, the metal bands in on the Sunset Strip, like um, mm-hmm. Motley Crue and uh, Rat, and you know what I mean, like that yeah. kind of genre. And it basically Air follows metal, yeah. follows the debauchery from two different genres of music. And they're both really good documentaries. American hardcore is kind of in that vein. <clears throat> and I, I can't believe I'm saying it this way, but it's a little more tame because it's being told by these guys <laughs> in the future, like as yeah. as you know, like as grownups, basically in their 40s and 50s at this point. Okay, right. um, so it's, it really is like in like <coughs> like looking back, looking back. Yeah, okay. it's it's interviews by these guys um, and features. If you're into punk rock, really good soundtrack. Uh, filled with a bunch of bands that if you knew nothing about this music, you would have never known anything about. Uh, I always said heavy metal has the best song titles, but uh, <laughs> punk rock has the best band names. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, I feel like we've mentioned on the show multiple yes. times millions of dead Millions cops. of dead cops. <laughs> uh, society, SSD Control. Yeah. Uh, Black Flag, The Circle Jerks. Yeah. Um, Battalion <laughs> of Saints. SOA. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's, there's tons of Rites of Spring. There's tons of these Dead Kennedys. Dead yeah. Kennedys is a fucking great, <laughs> great band yeah, name. Yeah, it is. It really is. <laughs> but yeah, like, it, and it covers like all these guys, the bad brains, all, you know, and different, more importantly, different scenes in the hardcore movement, all of which kind of stem from Washington, D.C. is like the main hub point because this is like a movement that's born out of Ronald Reagan getting elected. Basically. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it starts in D.C. with uh, the bad brains and minor threat. Uh, and then sp- and Black Flag, and then it spreads out to you know mm-hmm. uh, New York and Texas, which is where MDC's from, uh, and then LA and Boston, Gangrene. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's it covers like all these different scenes from different parts of the country, which yeah. is really really cool, and it, it, it's a really cool analytical look at this little flash in the pan genre told by the guys who did it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. And it's a really, really cool documentary. Definitely worth a watch. Um, I wonder where you can find it. Yeah. I know YouTube has it. Um, that's good. Well, not, not, you know, not the free, you know, not like someone uploaded the whole thing. You can buy it on YouTube. Right. Right. I know there's DVD copies and versions of it. I'm sure if you do enough digging, you could find it. Yeah. Uh, but it's definitely worth a watch. It's really cool. Features a really good soundtrack. If you're into punk rock, um, but yeah, American Hardcore, check it out. I think it came out in 2006. Um, still just as good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Henry Rollins is still touring. The Circle Jerks still tour from time to time. Yeah, right. You yeah. know, so those guys still are still around. out there. Yeah. yeah, kicking ass. So, yep. Well, hey, uh, what did we learn out of this whole experience? Uh, I learned well, that we need to carpet bomb Florida. <laughs> we probably should. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm not even really floating that soft. I'm saying we really should. Yeah. Be I, uh, I learned that kids are shitty. Kids are shitty. Uh, I learned that I'm going to hate listen to Bad Baby. Bad Baby. I'll, I'll put. I, you reminded me. I have to put that. Just even <laughs> for nothing else, you're at least going to like the music video. Yeah, it's really fun. Uh, we got to watch that after. Um, Definitely uh, a hate list. I, I learned that I need to pay a visit to Grandma's Cunt, Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that too. Uh, I learned we should just probably just everyone just let's like agree to leave the Jews alone. Yeah, let's yeah. yeah. add enough. Let's, let's yeah, stop it. Um, I learned that movie execs are also shitty. Yes, they are. They are. Uh, I learned that space is either bone chilling or really optimistic, depending on your taste in sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I learned that I need to watch scanners. 
Yeah. Oh, Scanners is cool. Yeah, I really do need to see that. Uh, I learned that Stanley Kubrick is also shitty. Yes. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> uh, I, I, I wrote here that uh, basic bitch Starbucks cup would make a great Grand Moff Tarkin. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I learned Mick Jabberson is a highly common surname. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Oh, Mick, Mick Jabberson. One, one thing on this show that I can take back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dog sound <laughs> Mick Jabberson. And, uh, and uh, I learned that the memes must flow. The memes the must memes. flow. The memes must flow. Yep. Indeed. Is that it? Is that, that all it? we got? All right. I think that's all we got. Uh, So tune in next time for another fresh edition of the Three Dudes Show when Dave will be hosting. Oh, shit. Yes, he will. He will. Yes, he will. Fuck. He will, boys. Uh, And we're going to be back um, whenever we decide to stop playing Dungeons & Dragons and do this Uh podcast again. Yep. Um, Probably a couple of weeks. It could even be next week. It could could be next week. It could be, depending on everyone's availability, it could be next week. It It will be be, uh, in at least. It just wants to take my headphones off of my ear like this and I have earbuds on because my headphones are <laughs> frustrating. Yeah. yeah, we'll uh, we'll update our equipment and we'll uh, we will get back to y'all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, until then, yeah. I hope you I hope you enjoyed this podcast. They haven't. <laughs> they hated it. Well, I'm shit. getting the emails now. They're hating it. <laughs> uh, uh, on this on this midterm night, we we hope the best for this country that we all live in. Mm-hmm. The America that we want this to be, where it's where it's a uh, you know a conglomeration of of all the strengths that all the different people bring to the table. Yeah, like uh, stroop waffles, like stroop waffles, especially and free weed. Yeah, and free stroop waffles, free weed, prostitution, whatever. <laughs> uh, we we hope that this country doesn't uh, go to hell tonight. So we'll uh, we'll keep you updated. Oh, that's uh, right you know, a week or two from now. Uh, you know, since we are your favorite news source, your favorite, your favorite, and the most accurate news source. It's true, dude, Bar, dude by news. far. Yeah, dude news. Dudes. News. Dudes and news. Anyway, this has been this has been Peter Jennings and this has been ABC. We'll see you next time on the Three Dudes Show. Good night. Good night.